Hey there, fellow 20-somethings. It's your girl, Sydney Winter. And guess what? The wait is finally over. Season four of Crying in Public is here, and I'm flying solo for the very first time. That's right, no co-host to rein me in, just me and myself in the mic. From relationships to careers and all the awkward encounters in between, we're covering it all. So mark your calendars and set your reminders because Crying in Public is dropping its juiciest season yet. Listen to the new season of Crying in Public on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nazi V2 was a rocket-powered bomb travelling faster than the speed of sound. You couldn't hear it coming. A technological miracle, but a military and economic disaster for Nazi Germany. How did the V2 come into existence, and why were so many of the people it hurt not the people you might expect? Join me, Tim Harford, host of Cautionary Tales, for my gripping mini-series on the V2 rocket, available now. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Justin Richmond, host of the Broken Record Podcast. Join me along with co-host Leah Rose as we sit down with the artists you love to get unparalleled creative insight. You'll hear revealing interviews with some of the most legendary figures in music like Paul Simon, Usher, Pete Townsend, Damon Albarn of the Gorillaz, and Missy Elliott. And you'll hear from up-and-comers like jazz artist Leve, who told me about her fast rise to fame during the pandemic. Listen to Broken Record on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Money Making Conversations. It's the show that shares the secrets of success experienced firsthand by marketing and branding expert Rashawn McDonald. I will know. He's given me advice on many occasions, and in case you didn't notice, I'm not broke. You know he'll be interviewing celebrity CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's what he likes to do. It's what he likes to share. Thank you, Stephen A. Smith. This is Rashawn McDonald. I am the host of MoneyMakingConversation.com. I recognize that we all have different definitions of success. For some, it's a sizable paycheck. Mine is helping people wake up and inspiring them to accomplish their goals and live their very best life. I want you to stop tripping over small challenges and prepare to rise above the bigger obstacles that life will present to you. My MoneyMakingConversation.com guests this week are Dr. Nicole the beach from own to put a ring on it dr joseph asamoa a property investment strategist ashley wood the author of i matter and mental illness advocate plus detroit michigan philanthropist terrence wheeler visit moneymakingconversation.com right now listen to me i'm rashawn mcdonald my advice is free it can change your life Welcome to Money Making Conversation. I am your host, Rashawn McDonald. I recognize that we all have different definitions of success. For some, it's a sizable paycheck. Mine is helping people wake up and inspiring them to accomplish their goals and live their very best life. These are my passion. That's what I'm going to do for you. That's why I created MoneyMakingConversation.com. I want you to stop tripping over small challenges and prepare to rise above the bigger obstacles that life will present to you. My next guest is Dr. Nicole LaBeach. She is president and CEO of Volition Enterprises Incorporated, a premier organizational development or OD firm specializing in the areas of coaching, training, change management, diversity, equity, and inclusion. She is the host. She is not only a host of the. She's now a host of a new relationship show called "Put a Ring on It," which you may know from that fantastic song that Beyonce had several years ago. Put a ring on it. Put a ring on it. <laughs> show follows three longtime couples with help from Dr. Nicola Beach, who embark on the ultimate relationship test. From week to week, the couples are pushed outside their comfort zones to comfort to confront the question they've been afraid to ask. Is there happy is there really happiness ever after? I don't know. We'll find out. That's why I got on the show. Dr. Nicola Beach Wisdom has inspired the audiences of Essence Magazine, the Steve Harvey Morning Show. 
T.D. Jakes audiences, all these different things. Rolling Out Magazine, CBS Radio. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation. I'm going to call her my friend. She's into the relationship business now. Dr. Nicole LaBeach. <laughs> Hello there, sir. How are you? Well, I need to ask how are you. You know, you're out there in the relationship business in the middle of a pandemic. I, I, all I know oh, is this. I would not want to be single right now. People wearing masks. <laughs> you don't know if, you know, talking about you can have, you might have me making love and get the COVID-19. Kiss, you get the COVID-19. Oh, Holding hands, oh, you get man. the COVID-19. I don't know if, you know, is relationship a dead thing? What is the new way? Technology, the way you, 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 you see somebody online and you just marry them what you do what, what do you do? can't hold hands no more no. What you do? What you do? <laughs> that, that's not now that's not it <laughs> please don't see them online and marry them good lord then you'll be asking me how to help i can't help if that's what you do but um you know first of all it's a delight to be here with you you um you are so wonderful and inspiring and um you might not remember, Rushan, but you actually helped me mm -hmm. um, when I first came on the Steve Harvey Morning Show. So just a little blast from the past of gratitude mm -hmm. um, because your footprint and presence has been so big over the years. So I absolutely thank you for that. I believe you have to thank people who helped you along mm, the yes. way. Mm -hmm. So. You know, now that I'm I'm in this relationship space um, and hosting this show, must we never forget? We must never forget um, those who came and and helped to create the narrative. Well, you know, the thing um, about so, that is that I appreciate you saying that, but uh, that, now when I hear that a lot from people, and just like you, you're talented, and I've always been a person that. You know, you. it wasn't risky for me to uh, give anybody an opportunity that I felt was solidly. Uh, had a solid understanding of their capabilities. And I always felt you had a solid mm -hmm. understanding of your capabilities. Plus you, because a lot of people, they're passionate about something, but then does that passion translate to uh, the, the ability to succeed in it? And you, I always mm -hmm. felt was the, was the one. And uh, and so it's, oh, it's fun when I when I see that and and I do and I, I've done it a lot in my life just uh, just trusting my natural instincts, Miss Nicole, Doctor Nicole, is that when you when mm -hmm. people say that to me, I go yeah, and it doesn't really it doesn't really pop back in my brain until somebody reminds me. I go yeah, I remember yeah, and, and because mm -hmm. because you know when you I know how large the brand of Steve Harvey is and large because I was there and I built it with him. And so and when people were introduced to that massive audience, it really, it really mm -hmm. did set, set in motion a major change. And you were in a position to take advantage of it. Well, I appreciate it. I do. And, you know, this is a really exciting time, um, though it is a crazy time, right? You, you said it best with everything <laughs> that's happening with COVID. It's like people are like, Doc, how do you date? What do you do? And I say, you know, um, this COVID experience is really creating some boundaries that slow things down. Thank you. In a way that many of us probably would have benefited from if we were using some of these boundaries before COVID in how we were dating. Right. I agree with um, that. Because slowing, right. Slowing things down. Um, what I say is, you know, dating is about collecting data. Mm -hmm. And when you slow things down, you get to really collect enough data to see, are you dating a representative or are you dating a full person? So what COVID has now done, it's 
force people to take the time to do the due diligence of conversation and um, being cautiously um, connected so that they can have enough time to see who they're really dating. And that's really important. And I, uh, one of the most the popular lines of Steve Harvey's uh, first book, uh, Act Like a Lady, Think Like a Man, was uh, the nanny day rule. And basically, that's what mm-hmm. you're saying in collecting data and being able to sit back yeah. and not immediately jump into a sexual relationship with a person. Understand or do they yeah. like your kids or don't like your kids? Do they like you? Do they like the food you eat? That 90 day period. And it, and it translated to uh, a major reason why that book was so successful. And you're saying the same thing here. The, the pandemic has slowed down quickly, maybe quickly jumping into bed with each other mm-hmm. and also uh really identifying the lifestyle of that person that you may want a relationship with or how are they? Where do mm-hmm. they live? Are they, do they take care of themselves physically? All these things were some of the processes that were skipped to now being looked at yeah. in a different manner. And also because of mask, you know, you can't mm-hmm. exactly see who you're, who you're trying to create a relationship right off. And so you really need to get to know the person a lot more and that also leads to long-time relationships. So those values you're talking about, the pandemic is not a good thing. We don't want to be in it. But from a relationship standpoint, sure. it is forcing us to look into the person and not just the physical mm-hmm. or object. Yeah. And how do they, you know, how do they handle their every day? You know, have things appropriately changed for them as it should, right? Right. So even things like if they haven't skipped a beat, then that tells you something, because in, in this health crisis, you, you should be skipping some things. Like, <laughs> right, right. like there's shit, right? You know what I'm saying? We're trying right. like they, they still out there just, girl, ain't nothing wrong with you. Let's go. No social distancing. Just going out there just doing it. <laughs> right. Exactly. So if they're not skipping nothing, if they're still driving, you know, 150 miles an hour in their imaginary car on, you know, on a road that's calling for 45 then, then all of that information is saying to you, okay, if this is how they're leading their life in this dynamic, um, is, is this really the, the match made in heaven? Right. You know, so it, it's not a good thing. I, I agree with you. Lots of loss, lots of compassion um, for what we're all experiencing, but it is pushing people to be a whole lot more responsible with their heart. And with their safety. And really, that's what it all comes down to is the relationship, the essence of it. So when I look at your firm, you know, you're the president and CEO of Volition Enterprises, a premier organizational Mm -hmm. development. The term, the, the one thing that pops out to me is the word diversity. Because we've seen mm-hmm. during this pandemic run, especially with the death or murder of George Floyd in Minnesota, that mm-hmm. the, the push for diversity has been a, a huge calling card. You know, that's probably mm-hmm. one of the reasons why Kamala Harris was chosen as the vice president of the elect on the ticket for Joe Biden mm-hmm. was be tied to diversity. Mm-hmm. I see I see women being elevated. I see men getting deals they didn't get deal. You know, the president of Freeform, she's female. ABC, you know, digital. All There's a lot of African-Americans who are ascending the ladder and that word diversity really pops out. So during this time, how has the word, how have you, uh, I wouldn't say the word benefit, how, have you gotten calls to assist in an enhancing diversity platform? Talk about it over how 2020 has been different for the term diversity in the corporate and uh, entertainment world. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, my business partner and I, uh, Crystal Khalil, I, I, I talk about her as well as my own journey. You know, when I was in the corporate arena, I was in senior leadership um, for News Corporation, which is a um, Fox uh, parent company for mm-hmm. all of the Fox affiliates. And, you know, d- diversity is such a challenged conversation in this country. Right. We um, have experienced George Floyd and that tragedy among so many others. But it's like I talk with uh, my partner, uh, Crystal Khalil, who is the first African-American executive for Portia. Mm -hmm. She's no longer there. But what it took to have that part of her leadership narrative and what it takes for our um, diverse colleagues and peers to be recognized, it's, it's quite interesting that often they've already done half of the work that they deserve but have not received the benefit of. So in 2020, with all of this happening, what our firm has seen is, you know, a lot of companies saying we don't know how to have this conversation. We're, we're seeing memes where it's saying white people help. And we're seeing um, colleagues that there's something different about the way they're coming to work today. There's something different about their temperament and the sadness of still seeing the casual nature of a George Floyd death. Right. And we don't know how to talk to them. We don't know what to say. We don't know what to ask. We don't know what to do. And thankfully, um, we've had some really great conversations with corporations who've reached out and said, can you help? And what we said is, how connected are you to the solution that you're seeking? Are you stuck? Are you refusing to move? Where are you? And can we partner with you to answer the tough questions so we see what's next? So 2020 in that space has been uh, a blessing that many firms like ours, not just ours, but many firms like ours, Rashawn, who are connected and committed to diversity have been praying for. Mm -hmm. And now it's actually moving forward. Right. And so that's what that's what excites me. And uh, uh, mm-hmm. doesn't excite to be the, the role that uh, President Trump has played in the White House, you know, but mm-hmm. what excites me is that when white people in general admit there is a problem, mm-hmm. not tied to the fact mm-hmm. that they've been forced there because of affirmative action or some legal legislature, because mm-hmm. I've always believed that, you know, don't deny me because of my color. Give me give me the opportunity because of my skill. And that's all we're asking sure. when you start talking about diversity. Now, we're going to shift gears to come by where I really brought you on the show. Was a, you, you, you encountered <laughs> a friend of mine. I'm going to call him a friend of mine because I did two movies with him. Will Packer, Think Like a Man, Think Like yeah. a Man too, And we go all the way back to Stump the, Stump the, uh, Stump the Yard. Now... You know, this weekly series is about following three couples, right, who have a long term relationship (laughs) and they have not slid the ring on the finger to put the ring, the ring on the finger. Now, what attracted (laughs) you to you? Because that's the key moment right there, because, you know, women are interesting because. Because men, we 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 make decisions. We're we're, kind of like I call 
satisfied animals. You know, in other words, if it ain't broke, don't 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 mess with it. In other words, so why create change if nobody's asking for change? So we will ride out a relationship or a situation, whether it's long as it's not causing any uh, disruption in how pattern of what we're doing, we're gonna ride it out. And and sometimes mm-hmm. women would allow that to happen. They didn't want to create disruption because of fear of loss, a fear of ending something that they believe in. But sometimes you need disruption. And so when I when I read mm-hmm. about this show coming out, and then I also read that it was being shot during the pandemic, I went, okay, I gotta yeah. track this now. I gotta I gotta find out because you doing all <laughs> the elbows right there. Long term relationship that don't have a that not have no sign of commitment. When I say commitment, I'm talking about putting a ring on that <laughs> finger, and you're shooting it during right. the pandemic. The sh- the floor is yours, yeah. Doctor Nicole LaBeach. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, that was that was loaded. Um, well, you know, Will Packer. First of all, he is he is the funniest dude. He's oh funny. my god, mm-hmm. he. He is just a, a personality unto himself. What a great guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, saw the potential for this concept. And yes, we shot it in COVID. I, I, you know, take my hat off to the crew and to the executive producers because they kept us safe. Um, they kept us tested. They kept the, the arena safe for us to do the work. And mm-hmm. I really appreciate that. That that should not go unsaid. But yeah, we have these couples who have been in a relationship <laughs> for a long time. And the question is, are they stuck or refusing to move as it relates to moving forward with, with a ring, with an engagement that leads to marriage? So the premise of the show is, it's time. It's time to make a decision. Either you are willing to put a ring on it, or maybe this is not your happily ever after, and maybe you need to start a new situation somewhere else, and good luck on that if that's the way you choose to go. And I wanted to do the show because I wanted to hold the space for folks to really recognize that they're in the driver's seat of a lot of the narrative, and that this process would help them figure out where they really needed to be on this critical question of, is this who you should be co-creating your life with? Is this who you should be building a future with? Or should you be doing something else? So when it came across my desk, I was excited. I was like, wow, this is not going to be fun um, to help some people and hold the space for them to do their relationships at another level. But I believe it was going to give some people hope that are experiencing this question in their own relationship, Rushan, right. mm-hmm. or they're just in a relationship and they just need some new tools to help them do the relationship better. Let me ask you this, Dr. Nicole, uh, and these th- three couples that are featured, were you a part of the selection process or they were already selected when they brought you on board? No, I mean, we talked about the folks and what was necessary and what was needed because, you know, people come into situations thinking the grass is greener. Right. And usually they have a list of what's greener, right? Mm-hmm. If you say, okay, so what would be, what would be better? Or, or what, what are you missing? They've got a proverbial list. So then when people come into their lives that quote unquote have the missing elements, then what do you do? 
then what, what is it calling for now as it relates to your work to really see, is it those outside things or is it some things going on within you that needs to be worked out and worked out in this relationship so that you can have something better than where you started? So, you know, it, 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 it was something. And if you watch it, I think we're moving to episode four this week. Um, when you watch it, you really see what it looks like to call all those things forward and say, no, let's not talk about it anymore. Let's be about it and see what we're really going to do. And that's really the key. You're listening to Money Making Conversations with Rashawn McDonald. We'll be right back. Cars today are like a computer on wheels, but you can't fix any of these new features yourself. So when something breaks, it could cost you a fortune. And now is not the time for expensive repairs. That's why you need CarShield. CarShield has affordable protection plans that can save you thousands for a cover repair, including computers, GPS, electronics, and more. CarShield understands payment flexibility is a must. Plans are customizable and as low as $99 a month. No long-term contract or commitment. Plus, you get to pick your favorite mechanic or dealership to do the work and CarShield takes care of the rest. They also offer complimentary 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed. CarShield is America's number one auto protection company. For as low as $99 a month, you can protect yourself from surprises and save thousands. Call 1-800-CAR-6000 and mention code MONEY, M-O-N-E-Y or visit CarShield.com and use code MONEY, M-O-N-E-Y to save 10%. That's CarShield.com, code money. A deductible may apply. Welcome back to Money Making Conversations. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. Here's the thing I always like to tell people, especially when you're getting into reality shows. You know, when reality shows first came out, there was a lot of fighting going on, throwing bottles and busting each other's side of the head. It really was deplorable for black America to be on TV because we were fighting all the time. We were angry, angry, mm-hmm. angry, 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 especially a lot of the women. They were always shouting, cussing and pulling hair and all that stuff. That was the portrayal of early first out. Uh, they felt that the storylines had to be violent when it came to to black right. storylines. That's why I really like the shows that I'm starting to watch. And they appeal to me, but it still can lead to relationship issues being halted and treated in, in, in the negative. Like, for instance, we've seen the Melody Hope relationship end on their TV show uh, on uh, on network because the fact that uh, her husband was a, 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 in another relationship. And so that ended in mm-hmm. divorce. And so when you become a host of a of a of a of a show, and there's nothing wrong with these couples. These are three couples that came on. Mm-hmm. Okay, they were living their mm-hmm. lives fine. You know, they were whether they had a ring on it or not, they were cool. They were cool with it. Now, isn't there a certain amount of responsibility that you hold yourself accountable to to make sure that you're not, you know, uh, I guess using television as a tool for ratings, but not, but not being a creating a dysfunctional relationship for these couples where they end unnecessarily due to TV. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know, the interesting thing for me is, you know, I was offered other um, television opportunities that I didn't feel really spoke to how I live my life, what I think is important, and my brand of really trying to help people in their relationships, in their leadership, in their business, move towards the vision that's valuable to them and value added to them. So all of those opportunities didn't fit. One of the things that I really liked about this one was I felt like, first of all, 
for the couples that come on the show, everything is not going the way they want. Right. And that's why they're coming on the show. Right. They really do have a presenting problem. And the presenting problem is someone of these two is not happy with where things are. So that checked the first box. Is there something authentically happening? Not just the sensationalism or like you said, you know, folks are being violent and all that stuff because that doesn't fit who I am. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there's a problem. Are they really seeking to find a solution by doing some different things than what they've done before? Yes. Are they bought into the fact that there is a third party that can hold the space for them to ask and answer some of the critical questions. Yes. Now, do I believe that I'm the third party that can help them do that? And that really was my process because, you know, if they're coming on for the sensationalism, that's not, that's going to wear out its welcome soon because I ask a lot of tough questions and I don't, I don't have any assessment of what the answer is going to be. None. People say, well, Doc, do you know when you meet them if they're going to make it? No. (laughs) And they're like, how "How do you not know? I said, because people are made of behaviors. You can meet people, Rushon, and I'm sure you've done this. Mm -hmm. You meet people, you're like, oh, they'll never last. Oh, God. I'm going to go to the wedding and I'm going to get dressed up, but this is this is never going to last. And then 25 years later and grandkids, you look and you shake your head in silence. I and never you saw say, this coming. I didn't believe it. <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't believe it. Then you see some that are match made in heaven. Right. And two years later, you're like, what happened? Mm-hmm. So what I've realized is people in relationships are made of behaviors. And really, if they've got relationship-friendly behaviors, they're going to have a greater shot. If they're being honest, if they're communicating, if they're finding tools, listen, you need a hammer and all you got is a screwdriver. The minute you find out you got a screwdriver and it needs a hammer, what do you do? Are you the one that's going to keep using a screwdriver for a hammer job? That's or right. are you going to go get a hammer? Right? Go. I love you. It, I love you. It, doc. Come on, Doc. Come on, Doc. You throwing out the metaphors you know, on me. <laughs> yeah, you know, if, so, so yeah. once you see their willingness to be flexible and to do what's needed to fight for what they have or what they want, that's when you know if they've got a running shot. And I say to people, hey, that's on them to decide. I am just the catalyst to help them figure it out. And that's what the show provided. And and when I saw that that's what Will was really trying to create was something real, I said, count me in. Awesome. I'm, I'm I'm with it. Let's do it. Cool. Yeah. Uh, she said the word Will. That's Atlanta's busy, powered house producer, Will Packer. You've seen him. He's talking about all sorts yeah. of topics from movies to Atlanta child murders, murders to basketball scandals. Now, he launched a show several years ago, uh, hosted by my man, that nephew Tommy called Owns uh, Ready to Love. He's in, love. introduced yeah. a new relative. Like she says, the fourth episode is coming up. Please make sure you watch it. It's on the OWN Network. It's called Put a ring on it. It was shot in a, a, a Atlanta mansion during the pandemic. So you need to watch it just for that. You just dating habits. Why not people interact? 
during the pandemic. <laughs> they, they, when they holding hands, when they sitting across from each other, way across from the dinner table, when they sitting on opposite ends of the sofa, how do pandemic couples interact, even though they've been together for a long time? I know my wife, Dr. Nicole, I, it, it, she still won't let me take out to a restaurant. Nope, she will not let me do that. She will not let me do uh-huh. My daughter the same way. They said, we're dad, we we comfortable. Even So a lot of people have not accepted the mask wearing from a social standpoint. And like you said, it does cause people to do pause moments in their lives to say, hey, that's I'm not comfortable with that. So I'm pretty sure what was the most, uh, not trying to reveal in this series of the episodes that's aired so far, what are some of the moments that you realized it was a pandemic moment that has aired so far in the first three episodes? You know, just just like what you said, um, one of the things that was big for me that you won't see in the episodes is, you know, you're with a crew and you, you know, they're they're taking care of all of the things that are necessary to make the show happen. Mm-hmm. And you realize you've never seen their faces. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute, we've been working together for weeks. Mm-hmm. We've been in the same dwelling. Um but I don't know what you look like. Mm-hmm. And that occurred to me when I finally saw um, one of the guys, um, we call him Mr. G. When I saw him with his mask hanging down and I recognized in that moment, wow, I've been working with these amazingly talented people for weeks. And if I saw them on the street months from now without a mask, I would not know them. I was like, we are in a different time. Like you we said, you had, really uh, like, you had stringent protocols, no hugs, no touching. Yeah. All the things were, no, we, yeah. we were, were not used by the crew. They was wiped down immediately, sprayed and wiped down immediately, wearing a mask because in the end, we all want to go home. And she is the host yeah. of this, I want to say, hot news show. Let's put the word hot news show with a hot title. Put your <laughs> ring on it. Done by a hot Big time producer and Will Packer by hot host, Dr. Nicole LaBeach. Check it out. Oh, on I own. love you. I want to uh, leave me. I'm, I'm going to reach out to him, put some banners out there so I can post this stuff on my social media. Again, I'm so glad we reconnected and, I, and thank you for those compliments. Yeah. I really appreciate it. God has put me in a position to help a lot of people. And then along the way, when I help them and they come back and they compliment me or give me credit for something I felt it was just my duty to do. And the blessing that you are showing on TV today is a, is a blessing to me that I that I, I, I did what I felt I had to do for you and continue to put your success. Okay, doctor. I appreciate you so much. Um, love to come back anytime. Oh, Thank you will you be back. We got, we got, we got finales. We got finales coming up here. Post talk or stuff. What you say? We got more to do. Huh? Yeah, we got more to do. I'm telling you something, doc. You know, I, I, I got a couple ideas. I'm gonna call you with a couple ideas. Me, you, and Will need to sit there. I got another idea of a show idea that's been bothering me for years in the relationship genre. So you are gonna hear from me okay. this week, okay? And we said, Rashawn, I, you, I love you, it. I'm telling you something, doc. You said, Rashawn, that makes no sense. You need to stop calling me. Okay, stick to what you do. Okay, manage people, produce people. I doubt that. (laughs) But I think. Let let me tell you, uh, when when humility meets humor, I doubt that I will be saying, Rashawn, what are you talking about? I doubt that. But good try, though. Good try. So I'm I'm probably, I I go to LA tomorrow. So I think I'll be flying to LA tomorrow. But uh, this week, maybe Thursday, I want to get on the phone with you. I got an idea that's been, it's been good bothering me. Because it's been something that I've been dealing with 
And and I always thought about the what ifs of life when when, when it comes to relationship. Yeah. I want to run it by you, okay? Because you're on a hot show. All Let's right, do some look hot forward together. to it. I appreciate you, big timer. We talk soon. Bye bye. Thank you. We'll be right back with more from Rashawn McDonald and Money Making Conversations. Don't touch that dial. Organ donations save lives, and some organs can even be donated by a living donor. August is National Minority Donor Awareness Month, so let's check in with Dr. Danae Simpson, Assistant Professor of Surgery at Northwestern Medicine. Tell us about the African American Transplant Access Program. So this is my baby. This is a program that I have dreamt about creating since I became interested in transplant as a trainee. And it's a program designed to address the significant disparities that our African-American patients face. The program is designed to educate patients about transplant, let them know what transplant can provide to them, and to help them access the resources that they find so scarce and so challenging to access in order to get them on the transplant path and back to, you know, some type of meaningful life. For more information, visit nm.org slash radio. Hi, I am Rashawn McDonald, the host of MoneyMakingConversations.com. The Cafe Mocha Swag Award is a celebration of black men who are making a difference in our community by empowering others to reach their life goals. From civic leaders, businessmen, activists, celebrities, and everyday dads. The Cafe Mocha Swag Award winner this week is Al Roker. Al Roker's new book, You Look So Much Better in Person, is a humorous collection of essays based on lessons for living a happy life and achieving success through the power of saying yes. It is Al's journey that will teach us how we can weather the storm of life, no matter how heavy downpour. When he shares his treasure trove of memories in the spotlight, we can use them to reach our goals too. It's important to me to, to be able to have a voice, to be able to have a, a say in, in what we do and how we do it. This is work, but I, I, I love what I'm doing. It's not a job. It's, it's, it's my, my passion. The Cafe Mocha Swag Award represents men who have strength, whose wisdom is assertive, and who is genuine in their spirit. Welcome back to Money Making Conversations. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. My next guest is Dr. Joseph Asamoah. He is the property investment strategist and president of Capital National Management Corporation. Dr. Joseph is from Ghana and came to America by way of England over 30 years ago with only $100 in his pocket. He now owns over 40 homes that he rents to low-income families. His mission is simple, is to change lives and provide opportunities for low-income people to live in safer neighborhoods and have access to resources, better education for their children, and beautiful design equity homes. He provides solutions to tackle gentrification and affordable housing issues in unique and very, very effective ways. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, Dr. Joseph Asamoah. Rashawn, what an honor. I am so happy to be with you today. Thank, Thank you. you. Well, I, I'm going to tell you something. When I, when I read your bio and they, 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 they told me you'd like to do my show and I can interview you, you know, my show is about uh, uplift. It's about motivation, about letting people know there are there's a better option for you to live. And that's that seems to be your mantra, man. It's like, you know, when I looked at everything I read is about how can somebody understand that there's an opportunity that they don't know about. You can give them information not only for a lifestyle, but but an income opportunity to change and value themselves as a better people in America. Exactly. 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 Yeah, I'm looking forward to sharing some of my ideas. And some of my journeys, trials and tribulations, ups and downs, and hopefully uh, be a source of inspiration for your uh, listeners. Well, you are a source of inspiration because when I read that in the beginning, you know, you 30 years ago, $100 in your pocket. 
And a lot of people just thought, with you know, that's that may be a lot of money to some people because in the era that we live today, in the middle of the pandemic, let's talk about that. Let's start right now with that because we know housing is a major issue. People are being evicted. CDC did a suspend payment, but come January, you still will have to pay the payments that you missed during that suspension period. How will a guy who rents out to low-income housing, how has that impacted what you're trying to do for the community and the people who are renting from you? Yeah, I mean, what I found, as I said, uh, housing is a basic human need that uh, everybody needs. And uh, what I realized when I first came here, um, in fact, the story was, I, I came here with, um, I knew one person in the United States. I used to live in England, and uh, when I came here, my, uh, you know, about six weeks after I arrived, uh, my boss was fired. Uh, not because of anything he did wrong, it was just that there was a reorganization. Mm-hmm. And uh, essentially, uh, the new guy that came in, um, you know, got rid of my, my boss, and uh, he was let go. So six, about six or seven weeks later, a few weeks later, we met up for lunch. And this was, uh, in hindsight, probably uh, a major uh, change in my life. Essentially, what he said to me during that lunch, he says, look, this is America. These things happen. And, uh, but make sure you have a plan B uh, because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And this guy, apparently, he had like 10 houses. And I just couldn't fathom how anybody could have more than one house. It's just like, how is that possible? Right. And uh, he just said, look, Joe, if uh, whatever you do, uh, make sure you have a plan B. I chose real estate. But uh, if you do buy something, make sure that you keep it. Don't sell it. And because over the long haul, um, you know, you'll be fine because he had this rental income coming in, uh, which was able to provide, provide him that sort of cushion because he lost his job. So uh, I knew zero about real estate investing and uh, I didn't have any money. But, um, you know, I took him at his word. I did some research and I bought my first house about a couple of years later. A complete disaster. Everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. And, um, I mean, I can go through that. But, the, yeah, the, but the, the tell me that when you say everything that could be wrong, could have gone wrong, went wrong. What do you mean when you say that? Well, in this particular case, um, the house had tenants inside already. And uh, so when I spoke to him, or the, the potential person that was buying, uh, the seller of the house, I asked him, you know, what are the tenants like? He said, oh, man, they're great. They're fantastic people. I mean, I was straight from England. You know, all Americans are honest people. So I took him out of his word. And uh, after I bought the house, I found out that they hadn't paid him for three months. And they had a water bill of $5,000. Um, so that's what I, that was my first entree into real estate, this this this. Uh, this disaster and uh, but essentially uh, what happened in the end I was able to turn that thing around I didn't know anything and mm-hmm. I was able to turn it around worked with the tenants and were able to catch everything up but looking back that was probably um, the best thing that ever happened not because uh, I mean we can laugh about it now but uh, during the time it was just pure help what I learned what I learned was everything that you're not supposed to do what not to do and uh, once I was able to sort of pick myself up, I then bought the second house and then bought the third house and just sort of continued until uh, about 15 years ago when all my, um, at that time I was working for a major te- technology company. My income at that company equaled what I was making for my rental properties. So I was able to have that plan B that um, you know, my ex-boss told me about. So, I mean, that's essentially the journey is that real estate, you know, it, it has lots of benefits. Uh, it can be a real, a true vehicle towards wealth 
uh, wealth building. You can create a legacy. Uh, you can get cash flow. You can get tax benefits. Let me ask you this. You let me ask you this, Doctor Joseph. Let me ask yeah. you this. We know because you know I hear the word Plan B, and I just I just see it. You just became an entrepreneur. All right, you were working for somebody, and you just became an entrepreneur, and you used a gift that you have the ability to to. Uh, to see your visionary skills, saying, okay, this is income. Because we see so many popular TV shows on now that kind of talk about flipping homes and buying mm-hmm. this home. And the gen- that's right, that, right. They're so popular now. So 30 years ago, they weren't, that idea wasn't popular. But now it's a TV-friendly show to watch. And so so your plan B, like I said, to me, is just that you just, you just uh, welcomed your role as an entrepreneur. And then you walk, would enable you to be able to walk away from that hourly wage or that 40 hour week job that so many people are strapped to. And so so when I when I see that and I see the opportunity that you present yourself, it's it's, it's an easy conversation talking about where I bought one home or bought two home. When you say bodies home, did you use personal loans? Did you use income from your bank savings? How did you initially start buying a home? And then that second home and third, did you leverage the first home? How did that how did this 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 process start, process start to develop. Yeah. Okay. So the the the, the first house I bought, um, you know, the one with that disaster. Right. Uh, it, it's essentially uh, the seller. I mean, at the time I was working, uh, the seller at that point was able. To, well, I was able to negotiate with him because he wanted to get rid of that house. Right. Uh, whereby essentially uh, I was able to buy that house without much money down. You know, we we're able to negotiate a low down payment. And I was able to afford that because he wanted to get, he was what we call a motivated seller. He just wanted to get rid of that thing. Right. Now, the second house, the second house, which is probably more important, um, was that uh, at that time I bought a house uh, specifically uh, whereby I could rent some space in the home. Okay. So uh, it had a basement, which I knew I could sort of rent out. Uh, it had three bedrooms upstairs. I was I lived in one and rented the other two out. So what that meant was that uh, I could buy this home, but my expenses, the biggest expense that most people have is their housing expense. If you're able to drive that thing down uh, to by renting part of the space in the home, uh, then your everyday expenses goes down quite tremendously. So in this case, the income that I was getting from the property essentially equaled the mortgage that I was paying out. And therefore, I was able to save more money. And then I saved and kept on saving. And therefore, uh, by the savings from the second property, I was able to have the down payment for the third property and so on. I don't know if that makes sense. Uh, so the idea is that there's two things. One is, okay, if you don't have any money, okay, and you want to get this thing going, then you have several options. One is to obviously you need to either increase your income uh, by having a side hustle or, or generate some income one way or the other, or you can reduce your expenses. And the biggest expense that most people have is their housing expense. So how can you drive that housing expense lower such that you can save some money from which you can then start? If you don't have that, then the third option is to develop expertise and knowledge. And therefore, you you partner with people who do have the resources. Okay? So there's people out there who have money but don't know how to do this. Uh, So you have to bring something to the table for them to want to work with you. So you may have the knowledge or you may have the time or the expertise or you develop that anyway. And then you can partner with people who may not, who have the money, but don't have the skills and knowledge. You know, I remember a couple of steps, I want to say a couple, about, about 10 years ago, uh, a friend of mine approached me and he was telling me about, you know, we was going into a, a inner city neighborhood and he was saying that the city, 
in general wants these neighborhoods upgraded because it because if you upgrade a block because he was just talking about it. we went down this block he said what we're going to do is we're going to buy these homes here and we're going to upgrade them a little bit and when we upgrade these homes and fix the street then the city will be able to raise the tax dollars and he said that's the that's why the city likes when you come in and get these neighborhoods upgraded because they can charge more taxes. Now, when you charge more taxes, then turn, that means that the people who live in, the, in these homes can't, maybe not, may or may not can't afford it. So how does that work with you? Because when you're going in, I'm sure you're taking these homes, you're purchasing them, you're upgrading them. The, the, do the taxes increase on the people or, or you, or do you pass those, those tax increases to the, to the renters? How does that work? Okay. Um, so you buy a house. And then you improve it. Yes. And then you, you know, once you improve it, obviously the value has gone up. And uh, most times, as you said before, the tax, uh, the assessments are based on the value of the home. So the, the taxes may go up. So, I mean, that's just the reality. So what I do is that, um, you know, I rent most of my houses to low-income families. Yes. Uh, many of the families have uh, housing choice vouchers, Section 8, as they uh, as people uh, commonly uh, refer them to. And one thing I've realized is that uh, there's a lot of families, there's a stigma associated with Section 8 and low-income housing. There's, uh, what I've realized is that there's a large number of families out there who are really no different than you and I, Rashawn. Um, they want the best for their children. They don't want to be shot at no more than you want to be shot at. Mm-hmm. They want to have a decent home. They want to live in a, uh, you know, a, you know, where access to amenities. They're really no different than you and I. The only difference is that they may not have the money, uh, but their goals, their outlook, their expectations for the children are no different than you and I. So what I realized when I realized this is that if I can provide quality housing, good areas, I can attract those families. And, uh, and when, when you get those families, it truly is a blessing because what happens is that they are so appreciative of the fact that somebody is giving them an opportunity to live in a nice house in a nice area. And four things happen. One is that they pay the rent. Two is that they take care of your property. Three, they're pleasant to deal with. And four, which is probably the more important one, they stay a long time. Uh, and this business, as I'm sure you know, it's cheaper to keep an existing customer yes. happy mm-hmm. than it is to go find another one. So in the space of the real estate environment, it's cheaper to have an existing tenant happy so they stay with you a long time rather than having the vacancy and turnover when they leave. Because when they leave, you've got to paint the place again, you've got to clean it up and so forth. So, um, so therefore, the, you know, so, so the, the, the rents that you collect each month stays in your pocket. Right. But the important thing is that you're providing life-changing opportunities. Life-changing. I mean, I was speaking to one of my tenants last week. Just by the fact that she moved into one of my properties, two of her kids have got 4.0, uh, GPAs. Wow. They're going to college, full scholarships. Uh, and this would not have happened if they weren't in a better area. Uh, this would not have happened if those opportunities didn't present themselves to you. So, I mean, that's really the other side of things. You can make money, but also you can do good. And, 
And, well, you know, well, you, that's what you stated in your earlier. Your mission is to change lives, provide opportunities for low income people to live in safer neighborhoods and live, have access to resources and better education. That's what always angers me about racism, because racism acts like it makes it seem like people who don't have or people of color who don't have want to steal, want to sell drugs, want to mm-hmm. bring down the value of a neighborhood because they move no. into that neighborhood. And that's really, like no. you said, a horrible stereotype that you have to deal with when you're meeting people who just want the same value and the same opportunity. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, I mean, in, I mean, uh, the, the, the larger context is, at least in Washington, D.C., I'm sure it's the same thing where you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and many of your listeners are neighborhoods are being transformed. Okay. Being changed. Okay. Through gentrification. Now, that's just the reality, uh, at least in Washington, D.C., it's just rampant. In neighborhoods where many years ago you say, who the hell want to live there? Now you can't get there. You can't get in. It's changed. Uh, for example, when, when, you know, one of the, the blocks where we used to live uh, in Washington, D.C., when I was there, uh, that block was 100% black, African-American. Now that block is 100% white. There's only one family uh, on that block that's African-American, and that is my tenant. Uh, if I didn't keep that home and provide that opportunity to that family, they wouldn't be there. So the idea is that, um, you know, through what we can do, you and I and, and, and so forth, we can mitigate some of the effects of gentrification, which is displacement. Uh, we understand these families. We know what they're trying to accomplish, and we can sort of have an insight and, and uh, really understanding to give them a chance, to give them opportunities. And that's um, true. That's very true. You know, that's very true. So and they I- can hopefully. We'll be right back with more from Rashawn McDonald and Money Making Conversations. Don't touch that dial. Cars today are like a computer on wheels, but you can't fix any of these new features yourself. So when something breaks, it could cost you a fortune. And now is not the time for expensive repairs. That's why you need CarShield. CarShield has affordable protection plans that can save you thousands for a covered repair, including computers, GPS, electronics, and more. CarShield understands payment flexibility is a must. Plans are customizable and as low as $99 a month. No long-term contracts or commitment. Plus, you get to pick your favorite mechanic or dealership to do the work and car shield takes care of the rest they also offer complimentary 24 7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed car shield is america's number one auto protection company for as low as 99 dollars a month you can protect yourself from surprises and save thousands call 1-800-CAR-6000 and mention code money m-o-n-e-y or visit carshield.com and use code money m-o-n-e-y to save 10 percent. that's carshield.com code money a deductible may apply Welcome back to Money Making Conversations. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. Yeah. And, that, and that's why I brought up this whole statement about, you know, when, when you upgrade a neighborhood or you upgrade a house, then the taxes go up. And then guess what? The people who live in that sometimes have to move out. Or in your situation that you was explaining about, it's the same thing happened in Harlem. You go to Harlem right now. I remember when I yeah. first moved up to New York, you couldn't catch a cab to Harlem. Now you walk to Harlem at two o'clock in the morning. The white people walk around with their dogs. You know, one hundred twenty fifth Street, and that's that's no joke. And it's like, okay, no. this is like, okay, you know, you go other than Showtime, other than Apollo Theater, or Harlem is pretty much white up there. You know, people argue that case with me, but go up there and hang out because I know I lived in New York. I moved yeah. to New York in eighty eight. I moved back yeah. there in two thousand 
five and it was just two different neighborhoods but along the way i would always go up there either to perform or to visit uh, right. television show pitches or visit people that i know and you see these communities change that are 100 percent minority or 100 percent black now they can't even live in the neighborhoods that they were born in. They can't even live in the neighborhoods that they grew up in because of the fact that the low income has been pushed out and been pushed out yeah. because value has out, outsourced their ability to have income to pay for it. So when I listen to you saying like black and low, low income family lives do matter, given an opportunity to live in high income gentrified areas that you just mentioned, they normally could never afford by utilizing a recession proof formula. What is that recession proof formula that you're talking about? Sure. The thing about um, some of these sort of uh, like the, the housing choice voucher program, or the six day program, it's, it's a program whereby. Uh, part of the rent is paid by the housing authority, the local housing authority, and the remainder is paid by the tenant. Okay, so um, so for instance, I'll just give a, an example. If the rent for this property is a thousand dollars, for example, which is not the case in New York, is not the case in Washington D.C., but just for a conversation, you know, easy numbers. If the rent is a thousand dollars for your home, then you may decide. Well, the housing authority may pay, let's say, six hundred of that thousand and the tenant's portion may be 400 and the tenant's portion is based on their income so the more money they make the more that they pay the less money they make the less that they pay okay so let's just take a simple scenario a thousand dollar rent 600 is paid by the housing authority and 400 dollars is paid by the tenant the reason why it's recession proof is that if the tenant loses their uh, income loses their job or whatever it is then typically what will happen is that they'll go to the housing authority and their portion will go down because their income has gone down. So it may go from 400 to 200. And, uh, and therefore, the housing authority picks up the difference. So their portion will go from 600 to 800. The $1,000 is still the same. It's just that the, uh, the breakdown of that $1,000 will, 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 will change. Right. So in a, in, a ha- in a recession, when people lose their income, uh, or people that have their house cut, hours cut and things like that. What happens is that they may not be able to pay you and therefore you would lose that whole a thousand dollars. Okay. Uh, and that, uh, that's, if I was rented to a, a, let's say a market renter, if they lost their job or lost their hours, they may not be able to pay the thousand dollars. But with a housing authority tenant, the section eight tenant, their portion will go from 400 to 200. So I will still get the 800 from the housing authority. And the tenant's responsible for the 200. So you are essentially um, going to get most of your rent, if not all of your rent, uh, regardless of the economic cycle that you're in. And that's basically what you're saying is that these rental, rent, these individuals who rent to kind of like almost have a built in government plan that allows you to get your rent paid, a portion of it paid at least. No matter what's going on, no matter the, during the pandemic, no matter during the reception, you pretty much can can uh, can stay afloat with the tenant that you have versus a person who may get laid off from a job, a person who may get fired, may get terminated, may right. do the illness, and they have no income. Then the rent that you could potentially get from that person is zero. Correct. Yes, it could, yeah. So I have some tenants who the rents are zero, and some of them are a hundred dollars, two hundred dollars, or whatever it is. So you know that that portion again is based on the income that they make. But right. the key though is that these are nice homes in nice areas. These families are they want to stay there, right? Uh, and, and so they're in no rush to leave. And 
you know, in, in this business, you know, I, I can't really stress this. It, certain neighborhoods, certain areas, certain cities, certain geographic geographies, over time, the prices of houses go up. And, um, you know, as you said, in New York and Atlanta, and so over time, the houses go up. Therefore, if you can buy this house or this asset and keep it for a long time, then the price will go up. And that's, that's, a, that's wealth, that's legacy, that's income, that's uh, cash flow that you can obviously leave as a legacy to your family, your children, and, um, you know, and you can pass on. Like uh, my father used to tell me, they're not going to make any more land. Once you buy that land, then it's something that you can own and uh, and build on and uh, and like you said, a legacy part of it. But in 2018, Joe, you formed this uh, the Legacy Investment Network. It's a free community membership platform, and basically everybody is comprised of nearly 1,000 investors and industry professionals who have access to your expertise. So tell us about the Legacy Investment Network that formed that you formed in 2018, Joseph. Yeah, I mean, I, I, from my perspective, the pie is big enough for everybody. Okay, uh, it doesn't matter if Rashawn does what I do. It doesn't yes. matter if, you know, the, the pie is there's enough for everybody. And uh, so what I realize, uh, you know, is that whenever, whenever, whenever I have a house for rent, I'm getting 12, 13, 14 applications. So I'm turning down 10, 12, 13 people, families, families who are yearning for these opportunities. So I cannot meet the need. It's just mm. not possible. Uh, it's not possible. So therefore, you know, my whole idea is what can I do to encourage other people to replicate what I'm doing? Uh, and so that's essentially the genesis of the network is that uh, I try to help people, educate people, share with them what I'm doing, give them the opportunity to see what I'm doing, and hopefully give them the inspiration and encouragement to replicate what I'm doing. And uh, that's essentially what it is because uh, you cannot meet the needs, Rashad. Your listeners cannot meet the need. The need is too great. And uh, we need more people uh, to do this because the analogy is, it, it, I see this as like the, 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 the train is leaving the station. We can sit on the, the station and curb and sort of watch the train move, leave, right. and complain that the train is left. Or we can get onto that train and be a you know, participant on that journey. So my job, I think what I can do is to help people get onto that train. Uh, and that's essentially what the Legacy Network uh, does. Well, you know, the, the interesting thing about it, when I look at your, your academic background, electrical engineering, MBA, PhD, education is important to you. And so because that, that that tells me that you want other people to have that same opportunity to educate themselves. So when you're telling your story, what do you want people to remember about you, Joseph? What do I, what? This is a, this is a good one, a uh, good question, Rashawn. <laughs> I, was having, <laughs> I, I didn't mean because you're a good talker, Joseph. I didn't mean to stop you now. <laughs> but but, you, well, you, no, but no, you, the reason, reason I say this, let me just back up a little bit and tell you why. Because sure. when when, when yeah. I look at a person like you who's you know, you come you come over to this country from from England, Ghana born. OK, 30 years ago, and you immediately understand you see the opportunity, but you're not afraid to investigate the opportunity. Now, like you told me earlier, you said, Rashawn, I knew nothing about real estate, but now you're considered a real estate, a master in real estate investment. You're considered that. So that means that you made yourself an expert. But then your, your academic training is in electrical engineering. 
Okay. And then you got an MBA and then information systems, your PhD. So none of these things have to do with real estate other than the fact that you've taken an opportunity as an entrepreneur and, and mastered it. And so when I asked you, what do you, what do you want people to remember about you? That's the question that I need to right. answer. No, 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 it's a good one. Let me, let me, let me uh, answer it this way. Okay. <laughs> I, was speaking to, I, was, I was speaking to my mom, okay, about a few years ago. She's in England. And um, she was telling me, uh, I'll tell her what I'm doing. She said, when are you going to stop? Why, why are you doing this? When is enough enough? I mean, you know, just t- you know, typical mom. Uh, she's not an entrepreneur. Uh, why are you doing this? When is enough enough? Haven't you got enough houses? Stop you know, uh, and so on. And, and I was just thinking about that because it's a legitimate question. When is enough enough? You know, when do you say it's enough, Rashawn? Mm-hmm. Uh, you've accomplished what you need to do. Um, you know, you've done what you can. When is enough enough? And, and so I realized that what I'm doing essentially is providing opportunities for other families. Uh, I'm providing opportunities, hopefully, by sharing knowledge to other investors who can get on to, the, the, you know, do what I do. So if I stop doing what I'm doing, then what about those 10, 12, 13 tenants who I have to turn down? Where are they going to live? And uh, who's going to provide them quality housing, quality areas? Who's going to do what I'm doing? You know, uh, who's going to do it? You know, so, so, uh, so the legacy essentially is hopefully – Yes, you can make money, but also you can do good. You can provide, um, you can be remembered as a person who's provided quality housing. You created opportunities for families and you've helped other, other investors, other individuals, especially African American community build wealth and have a legacy which they can pass on to future generations. Because if we don't do this, these neighborhoods are changing and we are being left behind. Right. Uh, we have no say in what's going on in our communities. Zero say. We've got to own some of these assets. We've got to own some of these communities. We've got to own it. Uh, because if you don't own it, you're at the mercy of somebody else. Right. You know, you know the, 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 when I, your mom responded, the question was a very natural question because she's thinking from an investment, from an economic standpoint. But she's, she's, she's born to this life an incredible young man who is more than about money. You're about changing lives and you're about seeing when you can wake up the next day. This is a question that if she ever asked you that question, this is a response I would give to your mom. I would say, mom, when uh, when I wake up the next day and I don't have to worry about people not equally getting the same opportunities as everybody else in this country, when they when people are uh, feel that their child can get equally educated and live in a neighborhood that's comfortable to them, when they uh, don't have to worry about being rejected because of the color of their skin, then that will be enough. Will be enough then, mom. But right now it's not enough. And people like you, Joseph Asamoah, are important to the chain of opportunity for all of us. Because I would tell people, you know, you know, if you give me a break, I'm a person of color. Guess what? You're going to win, too. That means that that means that I'm, I'm, I'm pursuing the same dream. I'm paying the same taxes. I'm going to work and I'm putting forth the same effort that you want to put to make this country great. If we make this country great together, then we all win. And that is what you're trying to accomplish. And you are accomplishing. I should put the word try in it. OK, you are accomplishing that. And I'm a teammate, too. And that's why I wanted to bring you on the show, Joseph. That's all. That's all. Yeah. Let me tell what I do. OK. In addition, you know, the, the, what I realize is that 
there are two assets in all in what I do. There's the, the real estate asset. Yes, sir. But the other asset, which is the human asset, the family. Okay, uh, it's a very, very, very important asset in this equation because without them, you can't do this business. Uh, and a lot of landlords fail to understand that. So what I do is I realize that I've got to have happy tenants. And all my tenants, every Mother's Day, we give them bouquets of flowers. Uh, every Christmas, we uh, give them Christmas presents. If the kids get all A's at school, I give them $50 gift certificates. And uh, believe it or not, uh, we give our tenants free vacations. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. That's hot. I love my tenants. I love this business. They're good families out here, uh, despite the stereotypes. They're just yearning for somebody to give them an opportunity and a chance. And um, so there are two sides to this thing. is that you can do good, but also you can make money. Uh, but more importantly, as I say, you can leave a legacy mm-hmm. and uh, to your children, your family, and for your community. Well, my friend, um, uh, thank you for coming on the show. Like I told you earlier, off air, I'm building a new studio. Have a, I'm going to have a giant video wall because all, <laughs> all my interviews are going to be by video uh, starting uh, next month. So uh, okay. in the month of December, since you're out there passing that Christmas presents to your landlord, <laughs> to, your, to, your, to your renters, I wanted you to bring, a, bring it back on the show and maybe we bring a tenant or two. You know, we'll zoom them in to oh, the call. How about that? How about love that? Love it, love let, it, let, love let, it, love it. We'll invite a couple of your tenants on and they'll talk about the experience, man, because, you know, that's what I want to do. I want to tell your story, man. And your story, this is just an introduction to your story, but let's, let's peel it back a little bit more in the month of December and uh, doing a Zoom call to bring on a couple of more of your tenants and uh, just talk about how you've changed sure. your life. Thank you for coming on the show. Sure. Yeah, if anyone can connect to me, I do have a Wealth Wednesdays every okay. Wednesday on okay. my social media. Okay. So uh, they, they can reach me on Instagram uh, or Facebook, DR, uh, DR, Dr. Joe Asimo, J-O-E Asimoa. Every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, I do have what I call a Wealth Wednesday. Okay. And so they can tune in and uh, I talk about different subjects, uh, all pertaining to building wealth and uh, generations and uh, and so forth. So check me out. Well, well, the good thing about that is my newsletter goes out on Wednesdays morning at nine o'clock in the morning and so i i put that in my newsletter i I get with my team to get a banner and get uh some links so we can promote it okay and also Uh, you might see a familiar face i might drop in and watch you how about that (laughs) hey 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 rashad i also um i don't know if you've heard this platform called bigger pockets Mm-hmm. Uh, bigger pockets. They're the world's largest uh, real estate, um, you know, social media platform. Uh, I do have a program on there every other Friday, and it's a national platform. So uh, I'd welcome the opportunity to maybe one day, if you're not too busy. <laughs> well, I'm telling you something. I'm just based on what you do, man. I make time. I'm seriously. I, what you're doing, I, I love you, dude, because you're doing yeah. things that I've been doing since I was 18, and I didn't realize what I was doing was just natural to me. And you're doing things yeah. that are natural to you, and and you're yeah. not and you're not embarrassed by that. You say, "Hey, man, I'm making money, but I'm also changing lives. I'm also leaving legacy. I'm also understanding that you can do this too. Also, there's room for other people. I want other exactly. people to come in because guess what? More people means more people's lives are changed by the same effort, the same mission statement. So that's what. Exactly. So you tell my staff when you need me. You send me those banners so I can promote your Wednesday <laughs> show. And Joseph, you'll be back on my show December with a couple of your tenants. Okay. Yes, sir. Thank you, man. This has been a a wonderful... uh, Thank you again for the opportunity. (laughs) And uh, I can now die in peace. All right. I I appreciate you, brother. I spoke it to the bad, the legend. I appreciate you, brother. (laughs) Bye-bye, man. You stay safe, okay? 
Take care, guys. All Thank right. you. My next guest, Ashley Woods, is an author, aspiring motivational teacher and mentor. Ashley is a veteran of the United States Army and National Guard Reserve. She served for five years from 2002 to 2007. Diagnosed with PTSD in 2012, Ashley has faced many obstacles in her life, including multiple breakdowns and two suicide attempts. Equipped with an effective management technique for her PTSD, Ashley now dedicates her time as a mental illness advocate, supporting millions of people that battle with the effects of various mental disorders every day and inspiring and encouraging others to overcome and thrive. Ashley is living proof that your illness does not have to define your path in life. She's on the show to talk about the Overcoming the odds. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, Ashley Woods. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. First of all, you know, explain to me what exactly is PTSD? Okay, PTSD is post traumatic stress disorder, and a lot of people get it misconstrued and think that it's um, military driven. Right. And it's not. Anything that happened um, in your life. That causes you to have um, trauma, and it makes you. And you can have triggers behind it, uh, put you in a depressed state of mind. And it's it is it, it, different um, depending on the person. So how it might affect me, like with me, my one of my triggers is bats. Why bats is a trigger for me because that's what my sister had tried to use to kill me when I was little. When mm-hmm. I was six years old, mm-hmm. so I have a bat. Like, you know, I have a um thing with bat. So it's just a, uh, it's triggered by a terrifying events. So it could be somebody who got raped, molested, assaulted, um, or they seen somebody in their house, you know, get abused. It's different layers. Whatever's tra- traumatic to that person, it can trigger off different emotions that cause people to go in and out of slumps. And suffer severe anxiety, nightmare, nightmares, and also it just it takes over your mind. Right. The first time I became aware, I heard the term PTSD was Vietnam veterans, and okay. so that's why you know I guess you say Rashawn is not just tied to military; it's tied to everyday life. It's tied to dramatic, physical, mental, uh, catastrophic engagements in your life that can cause you to be depressed, and it can lead to uh, you know relationship. Ruining relationships, uh, potential leading you to commit suicide, causing you stress at your job and not functioning properly. That's what PTSD can do. And I brought you on the show to just to like let people know that it is not tied to one lane of, of opportunity that you can become a victim of PTSD. Now, how were you diagnosed? Because like I said, you served in the military and I'm not trying to put up two and two together, but you United States Army and National Guard. Reserve. Now, what is the difference between the two? You have the United States Army and National Guard Reserve. Please tell us the difference between the two. Uh, well, the National Guard Reserve, that's not full-time Army. So I was able, when I first signed up, because I was a little scared of um, being away from home. Mm-hmm. So it was like I go to training, then I come back to a station in Philadelphia, which mine was on Southampton Road up the boulevard mm-hmm. at um, 328 Maintenance Company. So I did weekend drills, and then two weeks out of the year, I did drills. We're basically on standby in case anything happens. But in between time, we train, we still retool, we still, you know, do our PT tests and that, everything. Now, I got tired of that. I didn't feel like I was maximizing 
um, my strengths. So I wanted to go active. So when I'm in a regular United States active army, I'm full time. It's my everyday life. And now I'm stationed on a military installation. And, I'm, you know, I'm tied to a different. And I was stationed at Fort Benning in Columbus, um, Georgia, mm-hmm. uh, before I had to get out due to um, medical. So I'm I'm a vet, you know, I'm a disabled veteran. I they found out I had heart conditions, so I had to get out. But my diagnosis came probably five years after I got out because I got out in 2007. And once I started going to therapy and counseling, they showed that my trauma started when I was six years old. Right. And I tried to go to the military to run from my problems within my household, and it kind of added to my problems. And that's why I try to stress to people. Sometimes we think that, you know, changing the city or state that you're in or, you know, trying to shut off your your past without doing with it is going to make life better. And it, it didn't for me. So it actually added on to all the issues that I had because I dealt with challenges in the military. You know, being a female, being a mechanic, um, we still went through the certain things of, you know, racism, equality and all that things of that nature. You wouldn't think that you would go through stuff like that, but it it happens everywhere. Absolutely. Absolutely. So now you're in the military, uh, you're an author, an entrepreneur. Did anything that you, did the military uh, what impact did it have on you as an author? What impact did it have on you as an entrepreneur? Um, the military impacts, well, I'm always grateful for the military because it opened my eyes to not only see different parts of the world, but just understanding people of different aspects of their life, different backgrounds, different nationalities. Um, writing became a coping mechanism because I wasn't good at communicating my feelings. Because right. when I try to communicate my feelings when I was younger to my parents, when bad things were happening to me, it fell on deaf ears because in those times we didn't talk about mental health. So they just swept things under the rug. So writing became the only way I can live out how I felt because I would just get angry. I get watery and I don't feel like, you know, I can relay my message verbally so writing became the way I was able to let off some steam and I always been good at writing and putting together things but the book thing I don't know how it came about when I was a contractor and I was out Afghanistan uh, I was like real nervous because we were getting bombed a lot and I just I started writing and that's when my first book Alphabet Dreams came about and I wrote that and I started liking it and I just kept going. <laughs> right. You found a passion. You found your passion. You found your gift. Yeah. Because uh, like I said, in the in the moment of fear, you you were able to become creative. And that became a positive thing for you. I'm talking to Ashley Wood. She's an author, an aspiring motivational teacher and a mentor to many people. She's served the uh, United States Army and Air National Guard Reserve from 2002 to 2007. She was diagnosed with PTSD in 2012. And right off the box, she just let us know PTSD is not a military uh, problem. 
It's a problem that whenever you're involved in anything traumatic, whether it can be an injury, you, it can be an accident. It could be a moment in your childhood that you still flashback with something that appears that that makes a, a negative reaction in your life. So defining could be child abuse, could be molestation, could be rape, can be anything that really just triggers you into a very negative state immediately. That's what PTSD can do you. It just throws you. It doesn't have to be a physical force on you. It's a mental challenge to your mental psyche can paralyze people, can emotionally traumatize people, can make them break down and can make them suicidal. When you go to that state of suicide, what what, what takes a person there? And I'm not trying to be uh, insensitive when I say that. I'm just saying, but it, it has to be a degree of helplessness or hopelessness to go to a state of considering suicide, correct, Ashley? Yeah, and what takes a person there is is different. Mm-hmm. Um, but myself, um, I did feel hopelessness. I didn't feel like I basically feel like how these young children, when they commit suicide and do things, they kind of feel like. For me, I think the kids feel like there's no light at the end of the tunnel. Right. They can't save that tunnel. They're getting bullied at school. And they're like in fourth or fifth grade and they're thinking like, I got to go through how many years of this? Is this ever going to stop? I want to end things. And so in my life, I came to a night where I just thought that it's not going to get no better. I'm, I can't escape these feelings because I didn't know. I was uh, so ashamed to admit that I had, you know, some type of mental illness issue that I didn't have a way of coping with it. And so because I didn't know how to cope and I didn't try to get treatment, I was trying to hide it when all emotions came at once and I just didn't know how to handle things across the board. I did feel hopeless. I felt like because a lot of pain and trauma came from the hands of my own parents. And, you know, and a lot of it wasn't wasn't physical abuse. It was just, you know, mental, you know, neglect. Not hearing me when I told you that, hey, I have a cousin, uncle that keeps trying to have sex with me. I'm only 12 years old and I'm constantly, I'm constantly having to be around this person that's trying to do bad things to me. Mm-hmm. So they pushed the so when I got to a point where I just, I just felt like it would be better if I'm not here because me being here, it seemed like I'm a burden. I'm a problem. I can't do good enough. And I just didn't love myself enough to understand that even if certain people didn't value me being here or didn't understand my worth, that somebody else out here would. And so thank God I started getting treatment and I was unsuccessful in that suicide attempt because I know, you know, what I might not get from somebody else, I'll get from another person. And that's the thing people surround us is who you surround yourself with. Cause some people might not get you and they might be in your very own home that won't get you, but it don't mean give up. There's other people out there that go through the same problems, even worse, and that you can lean on, too. And so once I started just going to counseling and in therapy, I got better in understanding that something don't work out my way or I'm feeling this emotion, how to handle it differently so I won't get into that bad space. Well, that bad. And I, I'm going to just tell you, I've been in that bad state, you know, because of the fact that um, there is a... Uh, I'm in a high pressure business. I'm always expected uh, not to fail because the people depend on me. And that can take you into that state of uh, 
being boxed in because you don't know who to turn to sometimes because you don't admit you don't want to admit what you don't know because sometimes that can be considered a sign of weakness and it can be right. people can people can start doubting you especially when you consider a leader and the responsibility of being a leader can be very lonely a lot of times because a lot of times you have to make decisions based on what people expect of you. And when I hear you talk, like my, what calms me, I, on my property, I bought a property and had a little lake in back. And actually, it, I, just the rippling of the water calms me down. It brings my whole personality down. And so it, it, it makes me relaxed. And so that's what you're talking about as well, finding places that can take you in a positive state when you are suffering these uh, dramatic rushes that can become crippling. Like I'm just telling you, some of these attacks that can hit you, some people call them panic attacks, some people call them physical, jar, mental assaults, but they're all formulated from some basis of a drama that has happened, or trauma that has happened in your life, and now you're playing it out and you can't always control it. So that helps me. From from going to the next level to be calm because I can always tell when it, when that moment is getting a little bit too big for me and I go wow okay you know it's not watching uh, another Marvel movie it's not watching uh, food uh, on the cooking channel I just got to go and let my mind just see simple things how do, how do you how do you cope with it Ashley um I cope with being able to I'm, I'm he- like what I'm doing now, being able to help other people. Right. Helps because I'm still struggling with certain battles. I don't want people to think I got it all together. I'm piecing it together. I'm doing better. And I wake up just trying to win the day. Mm-hmm. Not overall. I don't try to think too far ahead. I just try to win the day. But when I'm able to talk to people and people like, yo, I, I needed to hear that, that, it makes me keep going. I didn't ask to try to be the face of mental health. I just, I'm just serving my purpose that God placed upon me. And he said, Hey, listen, I think you got a voice and you got a story that people's going to listen to and they're going to connect with and they're going to respond to you. Cause sometimes people don't respond to people. They just come in there with a suit and tie and say, Hey, you can do this. You can turn out like me. And I'm just showing people, listen, I'm where you at. I might be doing a little better than you might be doing, but let me get you there. And what you do, what you're doing, you might can help me get to other places myself. So I'm just bringing, I just want to bring people along on my journey and let's all help each other out. So me being able to talk to you and your listeners might, somebody might be feeling the same way. I'm doing my job and it's helping me when I help other people because I always used to think that I was alone. And now I don't think that no more. Right. Uh, and I agree with you. I'm just letting you know that that from a standpoint of I'm one of these people, you know, my my, my triggers are tied to, you know, people expectations, I guess. Uh, not being able to show weakness. Maybe I maybe I'm just taking it upon myself to say I can't show a weakness and I can probably show it and just everybody's cool with it. But I do know when you lead and you're at a high level, then people would look at you differently if you admit flaws. And they would, once they start questioning you based on that flaw, then it can lead to other things. And so what gets me is, I like I want to just emphasize to you, if you ever come down to the Atlanta area, please uh, 
I'm going to give you my number and come by my come by my backyard, Ashley. We, we, we just sit out there and look at the water a little bit. And I got some a reeling rod. I don't know if you've ever fished. You know, when you catch the fish, we throw it back in the water. So, you know, oh, it's it, just a it's just it's just fun and relaxing. And I think that that's what I'm just offering to you is that, you know, these, these interviews are great. But just finding that, that moment where you can just control it because these interviews don't happen all the time. Like I said, I just know that if if it's if it's going left for me too much, I just walk in my backyard. I don't, the cable don't have to be working. I don't have to have a I don't have to open the refrigerator. That backyard is there. I I can walk out there if it's raining. I can walk out there if it's snowing. I can walk out there. And so that's what helps me. And so if you ever get to the Atlanta area, you come on down to Rashawn's property, okay? But Mr. McDonald, let me tell you something. There's nothing wrong with being vulnerable. It's not weak. It's human. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of responsibilities, and I know you have high, expect- high expectations of yourself. And sometimes we put so much pressure on ourselves, you know, that we put our own selves in the corner. Mm-hmm. But I'm here to do that. It's okay. You're doing great. And you have to know that. And it's okay if people understand, like, people got to understand mistakes is going to happen. Right. Because we learn from those. We become better because of mistakes. We become better. Sometimes we think everything is, oh, I can't take a loss. I can't make a mistake. That's how we become a better version of us. Right. So I'm telling you, it's okay to be vulnerable. You're listening to Money Making Conversations with Rashawn McDonald. We'll be right back. Cars today are like a computer on wheels, but you can't fix any of these new features yourself. So when something breaks, it could cost you a fortune. And now is not the time for expensive repairs. That's why you need CarShield. CarShield has affordable protection plans that can save you thousands for a cover repair, including computers, GPS, electronics, and more. CarShield understands payment flexibility is a must. Plans are customizable and as low as $99 a month. No long-term contract contracts or commitment. Plus you get to pick your favorite mechanic or dealership to do the work and CarShield takes care of the rest. They also offer complimentary 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed. CarShield is America's number one auto protection company. For as low as $99 a month, you can protect yourself from surprises and save thousands. Call 1-800-CAR-6000 and mention code money, M-O-N-E-Y or visit carshield.com and use code money, M-O-N-E-Y to save 10%. That's carshield.com, code money. A deductible may apply. Welcome back to Money Making Conversations. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. I 100% agree with you, you know, and I and that's why, um, but it's hard to lock it into this old brain, okay, to just show a sign <laughs> of weakness. I, that, that's why I have honest conversations on my show because of the fact that I bring, I consider you an expert. And in the process of being an expert, I'm able to have honest conversations and, and allow myself to be challenged because I love I love your tone and voice. You stepped up, you know, a little bit extra levels. Richard, hold up now. It's all right now. You almost went into uh, uh, preacher mode on me there. I was like, that's my girl. Ashley stepped up on me, girl. Wow. And uh, and, I, and I love it. So here's a question that I wanted to bring to you. Why do you think it's so important to encourage and uplift people, especially young people? This is the key in this conversation through words. Is this type of encouragement something you felt you didn't receive growing up, that type of encouragement? Because I always tell people, you know, I have a daughter. You know, she's 24 now. And I can remember all she was was just a blank slate and if i said something jarring to her then she reacted physically almost stunned so how important it is to have a 
positive lifestyle towards young people as they as they ascend into adulthood? It's very important. Words carry power and people can hold on to words. Sometimes when people get physically abused, sometimes them scars can go away. And sometimes words, you know, them words can be internal scars mm-hmm. within your your heart and just kids gotta you know when I wrote I Matter I wrote it in the base of what I wanted to hear what I needed to hear when I was six years old mm-hmm. that I met that I deserve you know you know I deserve to be treated good I deserve to be loved that I am worthy and these kids need to understand that, especially in the times that we're dealing with today um, we gotta push and challenge our children but we also gotta let them know their love and they need to appreciate being themselves because so many children are aspiring to look and be like someone else that they're not even living in their own skin. They're living for other people. And so that's why we have to encourage them to be positive that you have something special about you. You right. got to bring it out. Because a lot of kids, they're, they're trying to just, they don't, they don't, I want to be this person. I want to be this person. No, be you and just be the best version of you. And people are going to love you. And I Matter, which is a is an interactive is it animation is it animated type book. Yeah, um, it's it's color it's a color book. You can say it's animated, but it's okay. an interactive book, so they can write in it right. and they can change because their life can change. They can grow. It's like I have something that says I want to be the next. You can say you know politician, president, lawyer, doctor. It can always change, so they can always erase it and change because your dreams can change or. You know, your goals can change. So I made it interactive where they can write in it. I put a pledge in there, something that they can go by, something that like, you know, this is my mission statement. This is my pledge. This is who I am. You know, when I when I see a book like this and I see and I'm talking to you and the whole process is that, okay, you have an idea, correct, Ashley. And then this idea has to be sold to somebody and convinced that this has value. You know, and that tells me you have a unique talent because a lot of people want to do what you do. They just start doing it at the level that you're doing it. What's the ultimate ultimate plan? Because you're you're a very good talker. You know, you you're you have passion, you have motivation, and you want to mentor individuals to be successful or to come out of those lanes of darkness with a plan. What is your plan when you talk to people about? Going to the next step, Ashley Woods. I'm talking to Ashley Woods, uh, her book, I Matter, which is just released book, new book, which is an interactive book of affirmations for the youth, utilizing the alphabet, explores positive words that uplift and encourage all readers. I Matter allows you to customize the confirmation and reinforce to our youth how great they are. Wow. You make me understand that there are more Ashleys needed in this world, Miss Woods. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's, that's so good to hear that. It really do. And um, and that's the thing. When, when people say things like that, it drives me. It wants me to feed and give back more. And the plan is just to have people that don't know, you know, don't know their worth or value or don't feel like, you know, their life is not amounting up to anything that it can. You can always change the story. You can change your story. You just got to believe in yourself and you got to Put yourself around, you know, positive people. You gotta, you gotta focus. It's, it's, it's hard. It's easier said than done. But, um, the goal is when I speak to people, whether they 
feel like they, they should be diagnosed or not, that they have a better understanding of mental health, that they don't judge, they don't stigmatize, they don't look down on people, they don't look down on themselves. And you don't have to understand everybody's story and past, but just least respect it. That's how we want respect when it comes to equality and racism. I, we, you know, people dealing with mental health issues want that same respect as well. Well, you know, during the pandemic, we had a lot of isolation, a lot of things you wanted to do, you couldn't do. Country was shut down for two months. How did that, how did you deal with that? And how did the people that you mentored along the way to stay positive deal with this whole pandemic that's ongoing? Civil rest is ongoing. Uh, The economy is fractured. Where are you at mentally and the people you're trying to support at mentally during this really uh? period of unrest emotionally, physically, financially, and uh, health-wise? Well, that's why I wrote I Matter, and that's where it came out during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked to people through um, social media, whether it was like Facebook Messenger or within a DM. You know, I post up funny stuff on my page, and I just make myself accessible to people. I always told people, if you need to talk to me, if you want to vent, I'm here. And that's the most you could, you know, you could do. And I try to, you know, stay busy during the pandemic because too much time on your hands sometimes not, <laughs> can't be good for some of us. So I also try to stay busy and I always try to just stay ready for whatever was going to come, you know, come my way. And I paid attention to what was going on in the news. And um, I also became, you know, engaged in the movement of George Floyd uh, and the Breonna Teller and you know I just learned I read a lot more and I just encourage people to a lot of people you know with everything was going on some people we got some millionaires that's going to come out of this pandemic because they, they dig deep down and found some hustle to make it and provide for their family so it, it, the country's going through difficult times but I think some people when it's all said and done is going to really come out on top but for me I wrote and I spread love, you know, and that's that's the best thing that I can do. Spread love, be positive and write. Ashley, your new book, I Matter, you utilize the alphabet. Why the alphabet? Well, it's something it's like that's my thing when it comes to kids, because I, I, you know, I was a substitute teacher and I just used to see A is for Apple, B is for boy. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's it's so cliche and so I wanted to change it up. And so in my book, like the first letter is like, I am awesome. And then you're like, it be, I am brave. And then, you know, I just put M, I matter. I matter because I need the kids to write down, you know, why they matter. M, legendary. Words that they don't hear every day. Words that they only see like, you know, celebrities and superstars say about themselves. You can say that about yourself too. You gotta claim it. You gotta see things before they all they come. You know, come to fruition. Mm, I try. I can't get the word out of my mouth. But <laughs> you gotta you gotta see it before it even happens. So I just went through the alphabet because I just felt like it's a creative way of you know getting kids to still understand the alphabet or also learning new words. Not average words. Now these words is affirmation and they're positive words, words that some kids might not really hear all the time. 
You're absolutely you telling the truth. Yeah, I, I just forgot. A is for apple, B is for book, C is for cat, D is for dog, you know, E is for yeah. elephant, you know, G is for giraffe. Yeah, you know, I'm just going through <laughs> I've forgotten about all those words <laughs> that was tied to a letter. And you just go, okay, let's let's just give different words. Let's advance this a little bit more. Let's let's words that mean something. Who sees an elephant unless you go to a zoo? Who sees a giraffe unless you go to a zoo? Put words in there. Awesome. You know, though the these are words that 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 a kid needs to see. This is what we call uh, as they say, uh, you put on your mirror affirmation statements that make you feel good about yourself and make you uh, embolden you to be a better person than you were the day before. That's awesome. I, I really appreciate that because that that was a trigger for me because I forgot. When I asked you that question, I forgot that A is for Apple, B is for, you know, I forgot that little simple rhyme that's stuck in my head all these years was really married to if you you're trying to say let's let's put new words in there let's put new words and these new words are, in, are words that that matter emotionally these that they will uplift you that will motivate you to be a better person and think you can do better things with your life awesome awesome hello Yes, I hear. Uh, oh, actually, I, I hope I didn't frighten you. There. I said, "Awesome!" <laughs> I was just, I was just cheerleading. I was just that. That's I'm on fire with that. That's great. That, that's really a that's an impressive uh, approach to the whole matter. I'm like, I'm, I'm almost mad that I'm, I'm just stuck on that whole process. I need these new words. Yes, I don't know. Uh, I just thought it'd be a better spin to it. It is a better, a, a much better. Uh, much better, and this is what we're gonna do. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put your book link to purchase in my newsletter that goes out this week. It goes out to ninety thousand subscribers, okay? And I am going to post you on my social media because this is a brand that needs to be um, taken very seriously. The approach and the new, and really kind of like reeducating ourselves on a new approach of how to perceive or to understand what the alphabets and bring new value to us in 2020, 2021, moving forward. No, Ashley, great. Thank you for coming on my show. Thank you so much, Mr. McDonald. I, it was a pleasure and an honor to well, share this. Well, you know, it was, it was an honor because we got to have a good conversation. You got a, a conversation about me. You motivated me a little bit. You told me to step up. Don't worry about it, Rashawn. You know, it's all right. It's all right to let down reality and let let other people know that you 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 know that because we sometimes live a life of that, that pressure is interesting because you know you can get there and you go I can't let people know that I made a mistake or I can't let people know I'm flawed and all these things lead to trauma. All these lead to can lead to emotional setback, can lead to dysfunctional behavior in relationships, can lead to you uh, mistreatment of, of people that you love, can shut you down from communicating with your kids. And that's all you're saying. That's all this interview was talking about was being able to these understand these triggers. Sometimes you can control them if you recognize them early on. That's all you're saying, correct? Yes, I'm saying that. And I'm also saying that I'm going to take you up on the backyard fishing. I'm going to I'm just tell you right now. Don't you play with me, Ashley. Don't you I'm play not. with me. I'm going to tell you something. You, uh, I, when we hang up the phone here, in this interview, don't you go nowhere. I'm going to close out the show. I'm going to give you my cell number. I only have one cell number. I, you can't run me off my phone. Okay. I don't change phones. And people, I'm so sick of these folks bugging me. Okay. You keep trying to bug me. I will just keep my number and keep answering going, hello. And so, 
when you when you when you when you, when we when we finish wrap up this call, which we're doing right now, Ashley, I want to thank you for coming on my show. You're fantastic. She has a new book called I Matter, which is an interactive book of affirmations for the youth, utilizing the alphabet. The alphabet A is for Apple. No, no, no. A is for awesome in her book. It explores positive words that uplift and encourage all readers. I Matter allows you to customize the confirmation and reinforce to our youth how great they are. Ashley, thank you for coming on my show. Thank you for having me. Cool. We'll be right back with more from Rashawn McDonald and Money Making Conversations. Don't touch that dial. Organ donations save lives, and some organs can even be donated by a living donor. August is National Minority Donor Awareness Month, so let's check in with Dr. Danae Simpson, Assistant Professor of Surgery at Northwestern Medicine. Tell us about the African American Transplant Access Program. So this is my baby. This is a program that I have dreamt about creating since I became interested in transplant as a trainee. And it's a program designed to address the significant disparities that our African-American patients face. The program is designed to educate patients about transplant, let them know what transplant can provide to them, and to help them access the resources that they find so scarce and so challenging to access in order to get them on the transplant path and back to, you know, some type of meaningful life. For more information, visit nm.org slash radio. Hi, I am Rashawn McDonald, the host of MoneyMakingConversation.com. The Cafe Mocha Swag Award is a celebration of black men who are making a difference in our community by empowering others to reach their life goals. From civic leaders, businessmen, activists, celebrities, and everyday dads. The Cafe Mocha Swag Award winner this week is Wole Coxon. Wole is the founder and chief executive officer of Mobility Capital Finance, Inc. Mobility Capital Finance, Inc. has an innovative banking app that is helping the minority community with their credit scores, direct deposits, and provides a debit MasterCard and all of the bank accounts are FDIC insured. I was one of the most senior black people at, uh, at J.P. Morgan. I realized that where I was sitting, I was not in a position to impact my community. With being in conversations with people talking about the problem and not really having tangible solutions. When I said, let me take this training and see if I can bring it back to my community. The Cafe Mocha Swag Award represents men who have strength, whose wisdom is assertive, and who is genuine in their spirit. Welcome back to Money Making Conversations. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. My next guest, Terrence Wheeler, is a highly respected professional with over 20 years of experience in community relations and philanthropic activities specializing in community outreach and corporate partnerships. His greatest passion is helping enrich the lives of at-risk young people and communities throughout metropolitan Detroit area. Some of his notable charitable events include Back to School Supply Drive, Fenneman Hygiene Campaign, All-Star Give Back Turkey Drive, just to name a few. Mr. Wheeler is often seen speaking and motivating young people in the Detroit area schools with a simple mission to alleviate the non-academic barriers to education. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, my man, Terrence Wheeler. <laughs> hey, Sean, thanks for having me, man. It's a pleasure, an honor to be here. Hey man, first of all, you know, um, you know, we've been knowing each other years, hadn't seen each other in years, but uh, it's a blessing. Talk about it. Absolutely, man. It, 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 I'm talking about, man, uh, just a long history, and you're one of the brothers, man, that inspired me. Uh, like I want to do for so many other young brothers to not give up. How do you reinvent yourself as a former athlete? Mm -hmm. When I see you, man, I actually see 
God moving. I said, well, if he could do it for Rashawn, he could do it for me. I just got to stick with it and trust my purpose and continue to walk in that purpose and never be, never be uh, apologetic about my gifts, about my success, be unyielding, unwavering, and committed to doing the best that I can do each and every day. And you do a great job at it and that, and within the community because let's talk about th- this year has, has been the, the most challenging year, I'm sure, for all your charitable efforts, the social unrest, the COVID-19. So let's talk, let's move, step back before you respond. Why was why is this mission of uh, uplifting the community, philanthropic activities important to you and the Detroit community? Well, you know, Rashad, I was a child of poverty, man. I grew up like a lot of young brothers, uh, a mother on drugs, a father that was absent. I spent a total of four hours my entire life with my father, and three of those four hours at his funeral. Mm. And so I was just blessed to have a good grandfather, some uncles, and a hell of a basketball coach that really uh, gave me confidence and saw some ability in me. And I said, Lord, if I'm ever in a position, I want to use that position to help other people, uh, other children who think that they can't make it based on their situation. Because life is not about your conditions, it's your decision-making that determines your destiny. Use some of those things in your community as motivating factors for you to get out of there and come back and save somebody else. And so my mother's drug use made me want to become academically a stellar in terms of academics because I didn't want her to come into the school for any reason of my behavior or my mm-hmm. grades because she was a drug addict. And I grew up in a dope house, man. Uh, we uh, sold Tarvis, Values, Ritalin, uh, Methadone, all the way up to heroin. Uh, and so I moved with my grandmother at the age of 12, uh, and then things started to turn around because I had more of a stable home environment. Uh, wasn't, you know, our house used to get raided with my mother and things of that nature, evictions. Uh, sometimes you, you're, you're hungry and you're homeless. So you're not thinking about homework. You're thinking about survival. Right. Uh, wasn't, so I went to my grandmother's house where I saw stability and my grandfather just working hard to, to provide for his family. My grandmother gave me a lot of tools in terms of social skills and how to deal with people. Uh, and so that's why I'm able to do the things I'm doing today, man, because of my grandmother. Well, the, when I met you, you know, that's when you, uh, Derek Coleman, I was with Steve Harvey, was up in yep. New York. So every time we went up there, we connected, you know, eating this mm-hmm. other great Detroit restaurant. Boy, I'll tell you, boy, we <laughs> yeah. ate some food up there, Terrence. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir, yes, sir. You brown, baby. <laughs> Love to come up there and eat in Detroit. And also, you know, go shoe shopping. Go shoe shopping. Come on yes. now. <laughs> go, get, go see the slickers, man. Get together, man. Go see Walt over at uh, Jack's place, man. You know yeah. the names. You know the names. And, uh, yeah. and that was the fun part of our relationship, but you know, we was always coming up there where there's a, a broadcast and always talking about what we could do with the turkey drives up there with you guys, man, and in the Detroit area with the local radio affiliate. So let's talk about first your back to school supply drive. What started that, and how can one help when it next year? Or, or do you, do you do it during the spring, or you just do it during the August month when they're going back to school? I normally do it in August, Rashawn, because, man, I'm asking for stuff all year. So I got a kind of targeted month where specific uh, programs is going on. So the Back to School Rally is really an opportunity to bring families together before school starts. Uh, you got free haircuts. I also put not just school supplies in a backpack. I put toiletries because, Rashawn, some kids are living in shelters. Some kids are living on the couch of uh, friends or family. So we want to make sure they have adult wipes. They got deodorant. They got body wash. You know, all the things that they need so they can start school. Because no kid wants to come to school not having the tools they need to be successful. We want to encourage kids to receive that translational education. And you only do that when you feel well-equipped, when you feel well-prepared. Uh, and so we want kids to be prepared. We want you to look good, get your hair covered, we're going to feed you. 
So there's no excuse for you not to go to school. So my job is to alleviate these non-academic barriers to education. And so these programs are started out of pain uh, because young people are talking to me, hey, I need this, Mr. Wheeler, I need that. So your job as an adult is to get those things. Close the gap. Let this kid just focus on school and not have to worry about the adultification. Uh, I got a program with our energy company. So therefore, we can get in front of the light bill. We can get in front of the gas bill before those winter months. Get that mother or father on a payment plan on some type of program so that lights and gas are not cut off. So this kid's not coming to me at 8 o'clock in the morning. Hey, Mr. Wheeler, my lights and gas cut off. Now this kid is trying to figure out all day how can he help his mom or his daddy. Let's get in front of Let's be proactive. Let's help young people achieve their goals. You know, it's so true because young people should not have to worry about electricity. I was uh, laughing at my wife. Uh, you know, I live in Atlanta and I live in Houston and they drove back this weekend to to Houston, my daughter drove about seven mm-hmm. of the of the twelve hours to drive back, mm-hmm. and then my wife, you know, she got up earlier on Sunday morning by ten o'clock, and my daughter was still in bed. And I said, she said, uh, "Look at her, she's still asleep." I said, "Baby, first of all, you know, she's a senior in college. She's doing fantastic. She lives in a really good household. She doesn't have to worry about anything." I said, "The only reason we get up out of bed because worry gets us out of bed." You know, thoughts of how to pay a bill or, or how to put food on the table or rent or children or your life. That's what gets us out of bed. Otherwise, we stay in bed, mm-hmm. too. But that's what young people should only have to worry about. They should only worry about academics, worry about dreams, dreaming the impossible and making it come true. And that's why I really appreciate it by really finally getting you on the show at the time in my life where I'm I feel I'm complete. I feel I'm whole and I can come back into your life and make make be a benefit, you know, being a asset mm-hmm. to what you're doing up in the Detroit area. And that's really key when I hear you say, you know, a kid coming to you at 8 o'clock morning talking about my I don't know if I can, I got bill, I don't know if my light's going to be on. That should not be a child's word. A child's word should be, you know, what would the baseball score was? What would the football score was? You know, what what, what my grades are going to be in school? What I got to wear? Mm-hmm. That allows them to function normal. If they are not allowed Absolutely. to function normal at a young age, then become a, a very dysfunctional adult. And that's what you're trying to stop. Uh, so let me tell you a quick story, brother. So, you know, right now we're doing, uh, they're doing remote learning. Okay. So we're asking kids, Rashawn, to compete worldwide when they can't connect locally. When kids don't have internet, don't have hotspots, don't have Chromebooks, some kids are in transition. I had a, uh, a educator call me last week and say, hey, I got a kid that's doing the Zoom in the bed. Now, your first thought would be, this kid is in the bed because he don't want to be seen. No, let's peel the onion back. This kid is in the bed, Rashawn, because they have no furniture. Mm-hmm. The bed is the only furniture he has. So what I'm going to do uh, tomorrow or Wednesday is I'm going to complete a deal with a furniture place and at least get this kid a dinette table. The mm-hmm. dinette table gives them an opportunity to have family dinner. Mm-hmm. You can now sit up. Your posture is better. And you feel like, you know what? I feel good about it. Why are we having kids uh, in conditions that's inhumane? Man, there was a pandemic of poverty, Rashawn, before the coronavirus. My people were suffering. My people were making decisions. Do I buy gas? Do I buy food? How do I survive? Now this pandemic has done nothing but exacerbate what poverty is. And see, one of the things about poverty, it limits access to people that can help you. It's not just all about money. People are forgotten about. And mm-hmm. In particular, River Rouge, Michigan, a, a suburb of Detroit. There's more marijuana dispensaries than food options. So therefore, I have to start a mobile food pantry on Wednesdays. 
But, Sean, I have people driving 45 minutes each way, some people, because the need is so great. They're picking up food for themselves and their neighbor. And I'm going to send you a picture of a guy that comes every Wednesday. He's uh, a veteran with prosthetic legs. He's on a scooter. He's picking up food for him and his neighbor. Another brother comes, he just has a suitcase. I said, man, we're going to fill this suitcase up. You can walk him back to your apartment. It's less judge and more help. People are hungry. And when you're hungry, your brain can't even function at its full capacity because the blood flow is cut off. Your blood, your blood, your glucose is cut off. So now your brain, brain is functioning at half capacity because you're hungry. And when you're hungry, man, that's a, that's a pain sensation. But the food insecurity is a lack of access, lack of resources, lack of economics. So my job is to figure out how do we help the community as a whole? Mm-hmm. Now you can help mom and daddy, you can help the kid. Because the kid has this stress that they should not have to your point. Those kids should be able to go to sleep at night, get up in the morning, not worry about being touched in the, in the middle of the night by the stepfather, being evicted, uh, being uh, without lights and gas. Man, you don't have lights and gas in Detroit, brother. That's a problem. Right. You know I mean? Especially it's a, with winter coming. Zone. Yeah, winter coming. <laughs> exactly. You know, then, winter uh, coming. It's a cold uh, winter. A lot of people don't realize it gets hot in Detroit too. Now it gets oh, yeah. it, it gets hot up there. A lot of people just oh they don't get nope they get hot up there. Get hot in New York, Detroit, I'm Chicago. Human. All those numbers yeah. get up there and human as you say. And that's you know when I when I think about uh, first of all. Terrence, your your passion and your articulation is outstanding, man. And uh, and I'm mad now that this is the first time I've had you on my show. So you <laughs> got to be a regular, man. You you know you might be one of my. You know, I always tell people, man. I bring people in my life, Terrence, that, that, that motivate me. You know what I'm saying? I'd be going yes, like, sir. man, I can yes, listen sir. to this brother talk for a minute now. <laughs> man, <laughs> because, and, 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 to your point, man. I, I'm at a space, man, where I just feel like four. You, you get four types of people to come in your life. Those that add, subtract. Multiply, divide. I need more addition and multiplication, less subtraction and division because God got me on a flight that I prayed on, Rashad. Mm-hmm. I prayed on this flight to be able to make an indelible impact, to be that guy to say, you know what, Mr. Willie inspired me not to give up. Mm-hmm. He's the reason why I come to school. He supplied my needs. You don't owe me nothing. Give it back to somebody else because so many helped me. I stand on the shoulders of giants. I'm going to tell you a story, man. I was 10 years old, traveled to New Orleans to see my grandfather. I got there on a Wednesday night with Sean. On Thursday night, I went to sleep. This guy was tied up and shot twice. I slept through the whole ordeal. I'm telling you, my life is not in vain. I cannot afford to not do good work. My life has been spared, man. So I got to make sure that I'm every day, how am I helping people? How am I helping people? Because in this life, when we go through a success sometimes in a black community, uh, it's survivor's remorse. Oh, you think you are that? No, no, that's what you think. I just made a different decision. I want my life to be positive. As a former athlete, it's two things I got from basketball. Right. That's discipline and accountability, man. Those two factors are prevalent in my life. If you discipline, you get up at a, same, a certain time every morning and you consistent, you hold yourself accountable. Because see, bro, real growth is holding yourself accountable. True self-care is I'm allowing myself the grace to make the mistake. I'll get back at it again tomorrow, man. So guys like you, man, inspire me so much, man, that I'm like, damn, Rashawn is. I, I remember Rashawn, 92.3. <laughs> yes. I remember that situation. I remember you going dominating the C markets, brother, uh, running that now nationally syndicated shows and, and, and movies and everything. And I said, shit, man, I, I just got to make sure I stay in the game. I stay connected to this brother. Somehow, some way, the suits, man, listen, bro. 
I, I was there, man. <laughs> and I just appreciate your humbleness, brother. But you a bad man. And I'm blessed to have, every time I text you, you hit me back. So yep. I'm blessed to have that connectivity, man, because there's a thing called overflow, brother. I believe in it. And I'm not a preacher in any, any shape or form, brother. But Proverbs 13 and 4. Residence with me is the soul of a lazy man, desires and has nothing. But the soul of a diligent man shall be made rich. I will never be as rich as Bill Gates. But I'm going to be rich in, in love and empathy for my people. Well, you know, that's absolutely the truth. And that's what drives me. Here's, here's the thing that I love listening to you. Because you have your spirit. You have your point of view. And, you know, the thing about it is that let's, let's take everybody on a journey. When we met, you were Derek Coleman, NBA superstar. Mm-hmm. Okay, Syracuse or everybody know the history of him, Detroit native. And then I was with Steve Harvey and we were building their brand, shaping their brands. You know, yours on a philanthropic side for Derek Coleman. Mine was just on a global media side with Steve as well as philanthropic. Okay, Mm -hmm. fast forward now. And I said at the earlier part of the call, you know, I have my voice. I know exactly who Rashawn McDonald is. I know exactly what I'm trying to do. I know my relationships. All of them are very good. My relationships in the past have been very good. When I hear you talk, I hear a clean point of view about what you want to do for the people from your point of view. And there's nobody stopping you because a lot of times when you work with other people, you got to go, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? And it's not your vision that you're shaping. You're shaping their vision. Their vision and action may not move at the pace that you want it to move. And I'm hearing an indomitable, an indomitable pace of, of I can get it down now. I got the relationships. How did it get to this point in your life, Terrence? Man, I, I, I remember, Rashawn, man, I was getting ready to play uh, an AAU championship 10 and under against B.J. Armstrong. Mm-hmm. And my grandmother said something to me. I didn't realize what she was saying at that particular moment. She gave me some money to catch the bus. And she says, you're going to do something great with people. And I love mm. my grandmother so much. I just, okay, grandma. Man, fast forward some 10 or 15 years ago, I'm speaking to kids, and the light bulb went off. My grandmother had prophesied over my life. And she said, you're going to do this. All the things she said I was going to do, I have done. I grew up in a dope house. We had to walk from the dope house to now walk the halls of the White House with Obama and that whole, that, that whole, that whole movement. I know how proud she would have been to sacrifice. Uh, and, and so for me, I just said, man, I know my space because I remember, man, when I first moved back to Detroit from Arizona, 1999, I was calling some of these mentor groups, Rashawn. I was calling 100 Black Men. Mm-hmm. I was calling Urban League. I'm like, I want to just come be a part of it. Let me help. And to this day, brother, they never called me back. Some 20 years later, they never called me. But what God did is he forced me to do my own thing. He said, you got it. You got good relationships. You up the people. You from there. You, you, you know what with these kids, I can build relationships with kids. Rashawn, if you talk to a kid five days a week in school, right? Mm-hmm. That's four weeks. That's 20 contacts you've made with that kid. Over a five-month period, that's 100 contacts. You and that kid got a relationship. It's that simple. Hi, how you doing, Rashawn? Hey, man, how was your week here, Rashawn? Mm-hmm. What's up with, your, what's up with your, your essay? All of a sudden, now Rashawn knows you're pouring into him. You're asking questions. You're not just yelling at Rashawn, pull your pants up. I tell you this, man, if you raise their dreams and raise their aspirations, Rashawn will raise his pants because yes. Rashawn wants to make you proud. Yes. Every, I've never met a young kid to say, Mr. Wheeler, I want to be a failure. They're failing because adults have failed them. And I don't want to be that adult, brother. I don't want to be that adult when they can't trust me. If I tell you I'm going to be here, I'm going to be here unless God calls me home. 
If I tell you I'm going to be there at 9 o'clock, I'm going to be there at 8.30 because you're dependent on me. I do not want to disappoint these young people. You're listening to Money Making Conversations with Rashawn McDonald. We'll be right back. Cars today are like a computer on wheels, but you can't fix any of these new features yourself. So when something breaks, it could cost you a fortune. And now is not the time for expensive repairs. That's why you need CarShield. CarShield has affordable protection plans that can save you thousands for a cover repair, including computers, GPS, electronics, and more. CarShield understands payment flexibility is a must. Plans are customizable and is low. Is $99 a month. No long-term contract or commitment. Plus, you get to pick your favorite mechanic or dealership to do the work, and CarShield takes care of the rest. They also offer complimentary 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed. CarShield is America's number one auto protection company. For as low as $99 a month, you can protect yourself from surprises and save thousands. Call 1-800-CAR-6000 and mention code MONEY, M-O-N-E-Y, or visit carshield.com and use code MONEY, M-O-N-E-Y, to save 10%. That's carshield.com, code MONEY. A deductible may apply. Welcome back to Money Making Conversations. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. And that's key. That's key. I've learned that, especially kids who have known rejection or disappointment, all their lives. What you cannot yep. do is like make a solo appearance and expect them to respect you. Cause they're used to that. They used to, mm-hmm. they used to loved ones doing them like that. They used to parents doing them like that. They used to people just dropping off stuff and going, see you later. They, 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 they don't, that is nothing loyal about that relationship. So they will, they will, they will battle you. They will fight you. They will fight change. They will fight. They won't respect the process. And so we talked about the back to school supply drive, which is outstanding every August. And then now we have the hygiene campaign. I have six sisters. So, so this is uh, something I'm very familiar with from a, from a just by just living with six sisters and the importance of hygiene. And I talked to my daughter about it all the time as well, letting her know. And she knows, but you always let them know how important it is to, from a working standpoint, from a relationship standpoint. Standpoint, from a social standpoint, how important your hygiene are to you. Talk about the hygiene campaign. Man, I was I was getting ready. I was preparing for my annual turkey drive, mm-hmm. and I'm in the school. And I'm talking. I see a young lady in the corner, and she's crying. And I go to her. Hey, what's going on? She's like, I'm a school. I'm on my period. I don't have any pads or pain liners. So right then, I, I was mad at myself when she told me this. I said, What? You don't have what you need? I was pissed because I said, How did I fail not to start this program? How do I not, how, I'm, I'm so in tune, but I'm not in tune because I missed this. So I started talking to her. I said, we're going to get what you need. From that day forward, brother, I started a female hygiene campaign where we collect uh, feminine products for young ladies, put them in the school. So now these young ladies can go see Miss Johnson, go, go see Miss Tony, whoever they need to go see discreetly. And education is never disrupted. What happens, man, when those young ladies are on that cycle and they don't come to school or they come to school, uh, when they come to school not knowing when it's going to happen, uh, so, okay, now it happens. So now kids are talking about you. Your right. body's shame. Right. Now you're not coming to school. Now that leads to chronic absenteeism. Michigan is top 10 in the country on human trafficking. If we lose those kids to the streets, sometimes they never come back. Mm-hmm. So I want to make sure that we alleviate that barrier uh, to education. And it's just something simple, man. When I'm going to the hotels, brother, I just came back from a trip. I get all, I, I order, I get extra lotion and, 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 and body wash and put it in my backpack and bring it back home because I know I'm running to a kid that's going to need this stuff. Right. It's not judgment. It's helping these young people, loving them past their pain, loving them past the mistake uh, because these kids have been on earth 200 months. They don't know enough for Sean. They don't know all the, they don't have all the wisdom. They're trying to survive. And they just know that when they walk through the school building that 
this is a place of love and empathy, and mm-hmm. you've done your job. If a kid gets to school, brother, they've done their job. Yes. The rest is on these adults. And these adults don't do their job, and you get out the way, and get somebody in there who's going to love this kid and see this kid cross the finish line. Every kid needs a champion, but every kid doesn't have a champion. Well, you are one, Terrence Wheeler. I'm talking to Terrence Wheeler out of the Detroit area. I've been knowing him a long time. And the thing about our relationship, whenever he wanted me to post something, whenever he wanted me to do something for him, I responded back to him. You know, he'll tell you the truth now. I don't care. I never was too big not to respond back to his emails. And I only have one phone number, 213. I only got one phone number my whole life. When they started selling cell phones, I got my cell phone number and I've never changed it, Terrence. Okay. That's right. And so, and so, so the final program of many programs, and we're just talking about three of them on this show, is the All Star Give Back Turkey Drive. We all know when you said turkey drive, got to be in November. Because I'm telling you something, man, when yes, Steve Harvey and I used to give out them turkeys, black people yes. wanted them turkeys, brother. Them frozen turkeys, man. <laughs> you want to make a black person happy? Give a turkey, brother. Yes. Give a turkey. Yes, 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 true, man. Um, we, so when I was, when I made my mother uh, back in her days of addiction uh, in the food supply line, man, I focused hope. And I said, ah, oh, one day I'm going to be able to give back turkeys. Uh, and so, me and Derek Coleman, we started, man, with 200 turkeys 22 years ago. Absolutely. And now we're doing 5,000 turkeys with all the trimmings, Rashawn. We're talking about we got, uh, they get two canned goods, a box of mac and cheese, stovetop dressing, and jiffy mix, and a 12 to 15 pound bird. But what we've done is also uh, revamped it a little bit. So now I've got health and human services. Because once again, those same people who are in line for a turkey may need some assistance with their utility bill may need some assistance with their uh, renters' assistance. And so we have those agencies there as well. So now it's a full wraparound services, provide some reprieve for those families, man. And so it's just one of the best days of my life when I have it, just to see a family come in with so much despair and hopeless. And we give them a good word, Matthew 25 and 35, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. Real simple. This is by far, if I can say it humbly, the best turkey drive in the country. Okay, 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 okay. Now, 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 now I gave out some turkeys now, Terrence. Now, you, you yeah, talking about you, you outdid did. me, man? Come on, did, let's, 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 let's back you. this up, Mr. Wheeler and Mr. Coleman. <laughs> Mr. Wheeler, I'm calling y'all by your last name, okay? DC and TW, okay? <laughs> because you're about to make me make a donation here, brother. I'm hopping up in my man. chair. The Terrence Wheeler, man, DC, turkey, all star turkey love, giveaway man. in November. Now, okay, now. We go so back. I'm talking about Raver, 54321, Auntie Raver. Yes. Domino party, baby. Yes, 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 yes. And so, and so, because I, because, uh, now tell everybody about it again. Slow it down. It's in the Detroit okay. area. Okay. It's, it's called the All Star Give Back Turkey Drive. My boy, That's Derek Coleman, been doing it for 22 mm-hmm. years. I swear to you, DC, he's six, nine and a half. Coolest <laughs> young brother I ever met in my life. I, that's how I met him. That's how I met Terrence. Yeah. Right yeah. there. You know, and they were always about the cause. They were always about being entrepreneurs. They were always about the community. Because I always tell people, you can't have a customer. They're, they're just helping customers. There's future customers, future large, and future branding, future, future taxpayers. That's what help. That's what happens. You help people in the community, and that's what I don't understand. Racism. If racism just stop, then this country would be even better. Because guess what? The community be better. If the community is better, that means we have more better qualified workers. That means we have better qualified taxpayers. We have better qualified cities, and that's where racism stops. And that's what mm-hmm. you're battling and what you're changing. And so the All Star Turkey Drive. 
time. Get back turkey drive starts when? It's uh, it's always it's always that Tuesday before Thanksgiving. It's Ooh. called the All Star Give Back because every person is an All Star from the janitor to the CEO. I'm talking about man. You got we got whites, we got blacks, we got Mexicans, we got uh, Asians, mm -hmm. young and old in line. We're not here to judge anybody. We're here to serve, uh, and and that's the key. It's serving people and saying, listen, tomorrow's gonna be a better day. Uh, you can make it, giving them some hope, letting them know they can conquer adversity, refuse to be average. Average is a bad word. Average means you're the top or the bottom. Mediocrity is a bad word. Let's be great. Let's be phenomenal. I believe in you. Those people leave us feeling better about themselves. I hate when people go places and they're giving away something free. They ask you a litany of questions. They don't know where you're from. Man, probably has no zip code, Rashad. No, I don't care not. where you work at. I don't care where you, where you live at, man. Listen. We have enough resources in this country to feed the poor. We just can't satisfy the rich. Yes. Now, now let's talk about this. First of all, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going to make a $1,000 donation to, to the All-Star Give Back Turkey Drive. Gonna make, that's, that's a lot of turkeys right there. That's a lot of turkey. Yes, yes, I, yes, I, I've done the turkey drive. I know what the thousand dollars will do for you. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, 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 so when we hang up, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you my email address so you can send me the okay. W nine, and I'm gonna process okay. that check, get it to you. But fine time, you know, won't be look, won't be yes, called. Sir. You know me, man. You ain't called Rashawn. Where that money yeah. at, brother? Where that money? Yeah. That brother just fronted me on on the radio show, his podcast show. Look, playing me, let me in DC. I didn't mean, you ain't gonna get what, what you ain't gonna do to me, Terrence. I ain't gonna land in Detroit be looking on my my show. <laughs> right, that's right. And so, and so, because these campaigns and the, your passion, your, the energy, the back to school drive, the mm -hmm. hygiene campaign, the All Star Give Back Turkey Drive, just to change lives, it all happens in the city of Detroit. And it's all, and it's not a campaign tied to cover color. It's a campaign tied to people who need help. And like you said, everybody's an All Star. And that's why that title right there, all stars, not needy people. These are all stars. These people, like I said earlier, these are people who work. These people who have families. These are taxpaying people. These are the people who are underserved when it came to the, the pandemic hit it. The pandemic, which is COVID-19 and the CARES Act didn't come through. Now this whole struggle, they really need us. That's why I'm making this thousand dollar donation to you, mm -hmm. because right now, you know, they, they suspending evictions to the 31st. You know, the three hundred dollar check that they were passing out that ended weeks ago. And so and now they still sitting around debating if they're going to renew another CARES Act campaign. So I'm, I'm going to help as, as much as I can. And I, you do it on a daily basis. This is your mission. And Terrence, I say, I'm proud of you, brother. I, I, and again, I will be bringing you back on the show in November. OK, and that, you, probably, probably that, that week before the Tuesday you give away, we're going we're gonna to come back on the air. OK, we're gonna, and uh, okay. we're going to come back on the air, man. And I promise you, brother, what I say is, is the truth, because I just love your tone and uh, and I just love how you've grown, man, as a spokesperson. Uh, your, your, your articulation is like on it's fire. It ain't, it ain't, on, ain't mm -hmm. on. It was always on. But now it's fire. You know what I'm saying? And because you, you got a legacy. See, if you you see back then, you were still like putting everything together, which was really yeah. great. But now, man, you got a history walking up to people. People know your your resume. I always tell people when your hype and the things you you written down meet each other, then guess what? You're now uh, living the life that you're supposed to live. And that's what you're doing right now, Terrence Wheeler. Man, thank you so much, Rashawn. Man, it, it, it's uh, nothing but love, man. When I, when, I, when I see the things you're doing, man, I. I say every time I'm, I'm watching a rerun on BET or something, your name comes across the screen, man, it just fills my heart with joy because you never, you never like 
you know, was too big or never not had enough time to give a word. I Man, I was talking to my good friend, my my my, my middle school buddy uh, Monty. You mm-hmm. know, so when Tayon was popping off and, and and just that whole mentorship that you gave him, man, uh, it, it's just we need older brothers who are not afraid to pour into us because you know that's how that's how legacy starts. That's how generational wealth starts. That's how we keep this chain going when we have a person of wisdom give it to a young person i'll give it to somebody else right you got a rope i got a ladder let's go man let's help people uh and, and so man I, i'm just uh i'm just honored man to be sitting here man talking to you brother because uh i know you know a lot of people and a lot of people could be on this show and i'm just a small vessel and honored and humbled to be here brother well brother uh you know you're always up every time you everything you're up for a campaign you know i'll be voting i'll be voting for you i'll be voting for <laughs> you know, I'd be like, he, he sent me a link. Oh, don't worry about me, brother. You sure? I'm not going to vote for TW. I'm going to do my thing. And uh, yes, and by sir, the way, Tayon is sending me one of these. I saw he was on uh, LinkedIn. He had, we had his coats. And I saw a coat. And I texted him. I said, Tayon, I need that blue <laughs> coat right there. So yes, for yes. either this week or next week, I'm getting the coat from Tayon because I've been I've been mentoring him, man. He got back into my life in February, man. February, I flew down to flew to Las Vegas and I, mm-hmm. on, on me he said man you really came I said bro you asked me to come yes yeah man and, and I guess yeah. I guess the things I do man Terrence, I just do them man and you know he asked know. me to come you know wasn't no no, no airline man, how much you gonna cost I showed up yeah. spent all day with him gave him some advice and I just left he said wow yeah. that's how it yeah, is man. I said, yeah, yeah. You that, that, that advice that, that, that you have, man, because you have been, you know, in so many circles mm-hmm. and you've seen so much, you know, and, and so now those mistakes we don't have to make because, okay, well, Sean can give us a pointer on, hey, man, go this way. Now, you, I'm telling you where to go. You, you're, it's your choice, but you have that wisdom, that knowledge that you pass in the young brothers. And so we're going to receive it uh, and try to multiply it in somebody else's life, man. Uh, yeah, Monty's my, my guy. I've been on Monty since like sixth grade, man. Yeah. My guy. <laughs> yeah. Tell you, when you hang up this call and say, Monty, Rashawn said you are sending one of those Tayon Blue coach to him. He's going to say, yep, 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 yep. I, he told me I'm gonna give it to you that cause that's whatever brother yeah but what I don't yeah, do yeah, yeah. I don't take free I don't take free yeah I say I'm yeah. gonna I'll put that drop that check in the mail so it's coming your way but that's the beauty of you know why I try to live my life Terrence and like I said man you know don't hang up the phone I'm about to wrap the interview up okay. don't hang up because I want to get you give my email address because I'm gonna send you a thousand dollars for the All Star Give Back Turkey Drive and we're gonna bring you on and. Uh, interview you the week before that so you can update us on everything so we can make sure and just do a recap of what you have planning and and uh, i'm in your life now brother okay thank you man i appreciate it well i always been in your life but i'm really in your life i don't know if that's good or bad because now you're hearing my voice now no 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 that's what it is that that means that this thing about the we're about to elevate that's what that means elevation brother i'm from a from a former basketball player to a guy who can't dunk elevation is a good conversation because that's something i could not do (laughs) your 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 elevator in terms of your knowledge man your wisdom uh resources man uh I just know that it's now a perfect time to be on that flight with you, man. I'm about to do uh, so. I got a special coming on uh on Kelly Clarkson's show, brother, uh, October 26th. 
she's going to highlight some of the things we've done in the community. Hey, man, that's my girl, bro. Off air. Yeah, so off air, that's my girl. That whole Alex yeah. Duda, the executive producer, yeah. that's my that's my best friend, okay? I'm going to tell okay. you how this, this okay. thing circled. At a, uh, last last November, I, I I surprised the whole Kelly Clarkson staff, including Kelly Clarkson, with a homemade breakfast spread. You know, just oh, she was stunned. She she couldn't believe. Yeah. It, you know, so that whole crew, man, know me. I, I, that whole crew up there. So so what you doing, man? Whoever the producer is, just let them know you, Rashawn Boy. They already taking okay. care of you, man. But uh, yeah. again, these are the things how everything comes back and it connects because. But somehow I do know a lot of people, Terrence, and a lot of people don't. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there for yeah. more money making conversations interviews. Please go to moneymakingconversations.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I'm your host. <laughs>